based on fiction i am your host brian and with me is always evan the third host been a little bit of time yeah uh i think the you haven't been in october it might have came out in october <laughs> might have been recorded like july or some shit what movie review did we do uh black widow i believe black, black widow and then we because because yeah because we had your boy on we talk about trailers. Well, I remember when it was on here for Shang-Chi. Yeah, because, like, there hasn't been a, a Shang-Chi review on any form of the podcast or the YouTube channel. Maybe coming up. Maybe. Eternals as well. Oh, you never even seen Eternals. I, and I probably never went You got about a weekend on Disney+. Plus. Is it, I'm really bored. I might fucking... <laughs> but... Your boy was supposed to be on this episode, but he's not feeling well, and hopefully he'll be back, and we're going to reserve the review of Spider-Man No Way Home until he's able to record either in person or we go over to Skype. Yeah, so that was going to be our episode today for you folks. A lot to say about it. Probably try to keep Spidey talk, No Way Home talk, a little minimal, Um, but probably getting our most timely ever year-end review. I want to say it's usually end of January, early February when we record this. Recording, yeah, in terms of the release schedule, yeah, probably so. I probably have time to put it out. Time isn't like not being lazy because honestly, putting this shit together is the most time for some. I I just want to record and plan out. I, I don't want to actually physically edit and put shit out. I hate it. <laughs> now I'll tell you, I'm about just as prepared for this year in review as I am every <laughs> other year in review. And as always, I'm. Super prepared, as always. Seeing as I didn't see your text message show a couple hours ago saying, do you want to do a year-end review? I'm like, nah, I suppose I can make it happen. <laughs> so, uh, we'll That's be... definitely our yin and yang in terms of preparation for our opposite of the spectrum. I got a few things. There a few ideas buzzing around my head. Um, I didn't have a list last year when I came, though. So I remember crossing the yeah, 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 my yeah. phone. So, yeah, so, yeah, so, as you're saying, like, so, so that's going to be, what, our fourth thing? Maybe even fifth, because uh, this this fucking podcast network has been up for a while now. This might be our shortest ever year interview that we might do. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I don't. Think, I don't think I got four hours. No, I definitely. I'm I remember we originally went last year to try to make it shorter, and it ended up only being maybe, maybe like, like thirty minutes. Yeah. It was still like a three and a half hour episode. It's still pretty long, but which is why. But that's because you, know, you get our gift to you, the listeners, our rants. <laughs> our raves, our tangents, <laughs> no, all those synonyms. It, it, it build up any period of time, you know. The, and then I typically try to apologize for the rants. I don't know why I do. Because uh, people, even if you're new, the beauty of podcasts is that there are the beauty of the podcast. I like it at least are the ones that aren't super segmented to where like they have some point. That's why I hate your boy Tom King. So here's a tangent already three minutes in. <laughs> 
Because back when Tom King was a podcaster, he was trying to get hired at the big comic book companies. He was so, a podcaster? Yeah. I did not know that. On, on, on one of my favorite podcasts, Network is, is it's a low key one, but they have a lot of ties like the comic arts and shit. It's called the Taylor Networker Podcast. But anyway, um, and uh, because this podcast is a vulgar, dirty podcast, it's talking about all type of shit. They it tell all it's like a '90s deaf comedy jam. Like they're very un PC. He joined Podcast Network because he was cool with like the guy who runs the whole thing. Long story short, when he decided to be, become a not just a guest but a host on the show. He literally had a fucking bell that he would ring when they got off topic. <coughs> Come on, guys, ring it in! <laughs> ring a ding ding! Like a fucking dweeb. And then he would stop there from cursing and saying things like, Come on, guys, you can't say anything too vulgar. I'm like, bro, just don't be on the fucking show then. Man. Ring it in your show. Yeah. I feel like some motherfucker come out here and tell him. Yeah. Saying Evan can't go off on one of his rants. <laughs> Let's not do it. Although he, he was at that point a, a, a permanent co-host on the show until he got too popular and, and well got too busy because that is one network that he will pop up on any because they've got about ten shows. He'll pop up on any of those shows anytime, any time um that they want like a uh, like talking to him about like new product, new projects. He'll he'll hop on. Hmm. So, so that that is cool for them. And they've been friends with a lot of creators, and he's the one that made it the biggest. Interesting. But yeah, guys, rough topic. <laughs> cut, <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> it used to piss me the fuck off so bad, bro. That's why. That's why I personally I can never like Tom King because he ruined a whole podcast for me at that time. It's weird how that Tom King to me though his writing style. Can change so much. You think so? Well, we've talked. I don't know. If we ever talked on the show, mm-hmm. but we talked personally. Grayson, which is the first book that I ever really kind of uh-huh. heard about Tom King. I want to say I heard about Tim Seeley before that. Yeah, but that's where I first heard about Tom King. It was fucking like Harold is like one of the best books at DC at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get it. Understand why? Yeah, I didn't get it. Um, which when he was announced as being the writer on Batman, writer on Batman, made me nervous. I'm like, fuck, that's gonna suck. Mm-hmm. And actually, I didn't mind it. Hey, bad, hey, cat. Something like that was a little. Tom weird. King, before we got on, like we were talking about Bendis and how on, on a book they were uh, saying, like basically having a meta conversation, a meta conversation about his writing style and how repetitive it is. Tom King to me has that same. Technique, and I think that he, Tom King tries to be Alan Moore number one, which is his biggest downfall, and two, Bendis. And back in the day, he always talked about Alan Moore and Bendis, too. Those are definitely two favorite artists. He tries to emulate them. You cannot emulate Alan Moore number one, and don't try to emulate Bendis, because this isn't 2002 anymore. Yeah. His writing is passe now. Bendis songs. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. going back. I didn't mind his whole Batman run. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he was kind of making an informal sequel to Nightfall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, he's like a net for writing these twelve well, issue Alan miniseries That's um, of obscure characters, and like like Alan Moore, he tries to refine the character. Which Miracle Man was, or Mister Miracle was good. Yes. Strange Adventures was. 
okay. It's when I started to see his formula. Uh, I didn't understand Strange Adventures all the time. I, I skipped around a lot. Uh, Rorschach was Abysmal. tough read. Yeah. Might as well, you might, give me a fucking novel. And you <laughs> have less words than that. Yeah. Um, Alan Moore, again. Yeah. Batman Catwoman, a little bit different, but I don't fucking understand what's going on Batman Catwoman. And they fucking brought in one of the worst artists for a three issue. Oh. I hate Liam Sharp they brought in. I can't stand him. Really? Liam's good to me. He tries to get too out there at certain points in time. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked I good agree. in the first Green Lantern run he did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Second Green Lantern season two was vastly different. And now, like, because he, he drew a picture of Joker in the last issue. Mm-hmm. Like, the first cu- issue, of his, he did three fill-in issues for Batman Catwoman. Or Superman Cat, Batman, Batman Catwoman. Batman Catwoman, yeah. And the first issue looked normal. Now he's got fucking Joker in the third issue he did. Fucking smiles <laughs> going off, like, two feet past his face. And I was like, eh. It reminded me a lot of uh, Arkham Asylum. Uh, yeah, uh, Dave McKean. Whatever. It's too abstract, you're saying. Yeah. But uh, then he just started The Human Target. And then th- three issues into that. And that's actually been really Tom good so King far. Tom King and Liam Sharp? Nope. Just Tom King and I can't remember. Uh, uh, Dark, Dark Shainer. Nope. Someone the, different. Uh, fuck. The dude who did Moon Knight with uh, Warren Ellis the second time around. He's kind of cartoony, but he's kind of gritty as well. What's that dude's name? Fuck. Doc Shainer was on Strange Adventures, like, the new Michael Ringo, but not my Michael Ringo. <laughs> That's what Doc Shanner is. That ain't my Michael Ringo. What's that dude's name? Fuck. Because I don't mind his art. Greg Smallwood. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. It's very good. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm going to read that. <laughs> <laughs> um, some way, shape, or form. <laughs> some way, shape, or form. I feel like I, I, feel like I, I can read it. Um, yeah, but. We'll finish up this Tom King uh, rant, and then we'll probably just right into our top comics of the year. But my problem with Tom King is, like I said before, he's trying to be Alan Moore too much. He's doing the same formula for not every story has to be twelve fucking issues. Like Strange Adventures could have been four, maybe six. Six issues. <laughs> well, he is doing a six issue mini, another Batman miniseries. And what's this one going to be about? Oh, it takes place in the bat, bat in the past. It's got a few different villains in it. Uh <laughs> I don't remember the name of it. His Batman, although I, I didn't read the whole thing, the parts of it that I read, I think I borrowed it from you. Um, the first, like, the Dave Finch portion of it was actually really good. It was concise. He wasn't trying to jack off on paper, like what I call, like, when a writer overwrites. Mm-hmm. And they also had, like, the John Workman uh, a lettering. John Workman is the only letter whose work I can tell. Because, like, he has a different, ty- like, a different type of word balloon, like, there's no white in it. Uh huh. He and like he's the only letter that I can think of in 2022 that actually letters by hand still. But yeah, that's that's really the only time King that I love. I own the Vision. See, I've never read the Vision, and I figured that was just like basically all the DC 12 issue miniseries he's doing. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably. Um, yeah, but Batman Killing Time is the new mm-hmm. six issue. But with David Marquez, Keys. Oh, from uh, Marvel? Uh, from Defenders? Defenders boy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so ran over by Tom King. Now I, I bet he'll never come ring on the show. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Let's get it back. But if I can ever, because Tom King is also 
The t- well, it could be decent. Don't take any offense to this, Tom King, if you're listening. We'd love to have you on I'll the show. i talked to Tom King to his face about it, and, and I would tell him about this problem, and he would probably agree with me. But Would you do Why would you be a little bitch and ring the bell? <laughs> I, would say, I, I would say, it's like this, Tom, would you I don't mind. I'm ringing the bell that day, because I start ringing it. <laughs> oh, Tom, you're getting off topic. Um, I will say, Tom, I... I've read your work, so last night I enjoy it, not enjoy it. But the thing about you, Tom, as a fellow podcaster, I gotta say, why did you just not podcast, bro? Instead of doing that fucking bell. Go back to the CIA, Tom. <laughs> one of these days, when I have time, I will find one of those shows from back in 2012, probably, and, and like, I'll send it to you. Like, one when he's doing a greatest bell ringing. Um, but DC Comics, me, this and me as like the producer thinking or talking makes it so difficult to contact any of their writers or artists to get them on in, in, in a fucking interview. Because I think those fucking people got uh, agents and shit like that. And their agent is... They want to get paid to be on podcasts. There's that too, exactly. But you cannot just contact them via Twitter like I do everyone else. You have to contact DC's fucking marketing team. And then like, if they like your request, then they'll send it to the um, the person. And I haven't been able to get through that wall. Mm. And I've tried like five times. So, fuck you, DC. Oh, speaking of that, um, top three comic books of the year for each of us. Now, mine are in no particular orders. The top three comic books that I like. That little plug to you. <laughs> ding, ding. Um, yes, I will have no particular order as well. Do you want to go first? Um... Yes. Okay, Alright. So, so I have no list. I'm kind of going off the top of my head here. But it's not one book per se. Okay. And if you want, I can break it down to try to. But I will say DC's Black Label has really stepped up their game this year. I can't get mad at that. No. Um, and in particular, the book that I told you about was Catwoman Lonely City? Lonely yes. C- Lonely City. Um, that might actually... T- that particular story mm-hmm. might take... And it's not done yet. I think there are two or four issues through. But that might be, so far, my top book of the year. Yeah. But Black Label, in general, I think has really stepped up their game more so than has been any previous year. You have no Batman dick. Fucking flopping around on the page. No um, trash ass Superman Year One. No, um, I feel they've really put out quality storytelling, and I will say it usually falls under the larger scale books. You mean like format? The, the, yeah, I think yeah. those ones tend to be better than the standard size because books. those ones I think were intended to be black label. Everything else, everything else, I think was going to be just like like everything Tom King series. does. Is Black Label. Yep. And I don't understand why. There's not... Black Marketing. Label, to me, it should be like the, what Vertigo you... Like, have that be... Vertigo. Yeah. Vertigo with superheroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can say fuck in a book. Yep. None of Tom King's books are going to say the word fuck. Yep. I'll, I'm not going to say you need nudity. You don't need to see a titty or nothing That's there. weird to me. But have it be adult-oriented, and that's what Black Label was intended to. That's what it should be. Yep. Um, And I think you had... I'm trying to think which ones. But um The Catwoman Lonely City, Batman Imposter just ended. Yep. Although that's standard format size, but that one is definitely What's the imposter? Hmm? Yeah. Larger? No. 
Well, maybe a little bit, but it's not like it's not like Lonely City Large. That's Lonely City. Um, yeah, but no, that's standard oh size. yeah, that was standard. One Dark Knight, which their one issue into that was the larger format, which was honestly they should have changed the for, the size format. Imposter should have been the larger size. I one agree. Dark Knight could have mm-hmm. been smaller. Uh, Suicide Squad Get Joker has been quality so far. Issue one, issue two was kind of kind of meandered to me. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think what other black label books have been out this year. They had more than that this year too. Yeah, uh, but I totally agree. Um, because this year I'm breaking some of our rules too. Because it, it, we can break our rules. But yeah, but black label definitely has some shit this year. So what's this? Um, yeah. Now, Batman, I'm, DC Black Label might as well be called DC Batman Label. Because <laughs> every fucking book is a Batman book. Yeah. <laughs> In some way, shape, or form. It's Batman Universe. I mean, fucking Suicide Squad's even a Batman. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, might as well call it Batman slash Suicide Squad Get Joker. Yeah. I mean, Batman's not in it, but it's, it's Red Hood. But mm-hmm. you got two main character Batman uh, characters. Uh, probably more than that. I think well, it's actually... Harley Quinn, Joker, Red I Hood. think it's actually a, a Batman-centric... Suicide Squad, isn't uh, like uh, yeah, uh, uh, fucking Killer Croc in it and shit. I think Killer Croc's in it. Also, um, I I totally agree that Black Label is the shit. Like they're keeping me buying like mainstream comics, honestly. But uh, Get Joker, especially these two books, issues one and two, uh, are perfect examples of good Azarello and bad Azarello. Because one is good Azarello. Two mm-hmm. to me was bad Azarello. Because really the only... I, it was I, weird to get Harley Quinn stripping. That was, yeah. Uh, strip, and then trying to fucking stick dollar bills down her panties. That was weird. But it's good Alex Mayleaf, though. Yeah. Um. The only bad Alex Mayleaf to me was on Moon Knight. Because that was the worst Moon Knight run I've ever seen. Like, that's crack, I believe. Like He's doing like crack a more humanoid look. Mm-hmm. But what I don't like about uh, this book is a skinny a waller. I prefer my waller like a little bit chunkier. You like thick waller? That's not. <laughs> she's tangent. I don't like that women are, to- are co-opting the term thick. Thick is not chubby or chunky. Thick is like you have a small waist and you have big thighs, ass, and titties. Chubby, you got a little bit of gut in it too. I ain't, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But thick and, and BBW and chubby are different things. Thick is. It's own thing and it's a positive thing. So you're saying fat girls need to quit calling themselves thick? Yes. Or heavy set. Call a spade a spade? spade. (laughs) Yes. Uh, A Firefly also is a Batman villain. Mm hmm. Did Firefly pop up in a cartoon first? Because, like, you were, like, you're most more versed in Batman. I know he was in Nightfall back in the day. Was he? Yeah, he was like a, like one of the villains that was featured prominently in okay. Nightfall, like for like three issues of it. Garfield Lins. something like that, and that that's probably before when I saw him because I saw him in the episode of Batman the animated series when they changed the art style, and I think it was an episode that had like the Dark Knight Returns a segment, then it had like the one when Bane killed Batman at the end of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Black Label definitely doing doing some good ass shit. Uh, hopefully that continues in twenty twenty two this year. Um, did you read that? Cause like 
this dude gets like a lot of work now. He's a little better at Bill now. But did you read um that Wonder Woman Dark Scorch Earth shit that came out? I did not. But Wonder Woman's actually been a, a quality book since uh Infinite Frontier started. Isn't um her mom and that black lady now? Yeah, but it was Diana was in uh um the actual core Wonder Woman book. But there's like they got fucking like they got more fucking Wonder Woman books going on now than they have Superman books. Really? There's like nu- nu- Nubi- Nubia. There's Wonder Nubia. Girl. Nubia. Like Nubia. The Amazons or something like that. Hippolyta mm-hmm. was fucking in Justice League for a hot second. Because mm-hmm. Diana was dead. Right. And then she was on some quest in the under uh like so like Thor was kind of like a cross with like Thor. Like she yeah. was like with the gods and everything. Yeah, uh, like, wordy as fuck, but it was good. Who's writer? Uh, Becky Cooper. Okay, she should be like an artist, but now like she definitely like leaning. Into I think it should, that was who it was. Yeah, like I think it is too. But uh, Brian Azzarello, the two things that he's written that I've actually liked a lot was uh that Flashpoint Batman was good as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh. And his Wonder Woman on New 52. Never read that, but I heard it was good with him and Cliff Chang. Yep. That, that's actually really fucking good. And most of those are at Ollie's in some way, shape, or form for pretty cheap. <laughs> but, all right. What's your number one, or what's your first, first pick? pick? Um, what do my most mainstream one that, that you've heard of? Because you probably have I, I know one you, you haven't heard of at all. So, uh, but my my first pick, which is going to be the least esoteric of my picks, is going to be the latest latest volume of Moon Knight. I think in 2021 we saw maybe eight issues of it. it it's come out pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the writer is Judd McKay, who's I think he's picking up some c- considerable steam at Marvel this like this past year or so. Um, the art is good, the storyline's good. He's doing what my boy Charlie Houston did in 2007. Where he's taking all the best parts of Moon Knight and basically conditioning it to one solid book, and he's also leaning more into he's leaning more towards like the horror parts of Moon Knight, which, which hasn't been done good in a long fucking time. And like the artwork is pretty good, you can tell it's someone who's newer. Um, and like so, like there are some flaws there, and it's a little bit too exaggerated, cartoony for, for the story arc, but it still works overall in the book. And um, so. He's fought vampires. He fought a dude who could use his pheromones to attract people and, and kill them. He has two people trying to take his crown. Because uh, uh, I think that there was a storyline in the Avengers, which I don't fucking read, that basically fucked Moon Knight up and made him a moon god and he was evil for a minute, but then like he's not evil anymore. It was stupid. But now... He doesn't fuck with Kanchu anymore, like who who is his god. So now Kanchu has other uh avatars on Earth who's trying who are trying to combat Moon Knight because like he left Kanchu. And then because of his, per his agreement with the Avengers, he has to have a therapy session every week. Like you know, like he has uh uh what is it called now? Like proper term dissociative identities, something. So it's got multiple personality disorder. That 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 that, that is the archaic term for it now. <laughs> oh, it's a fucking scientific term of what a disease. It was. 
But now there's a new one. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end up saying something on this fucking podcast. <laughs> and then, I agree with you for the most part. Just because a word updates, they shouldn't vilify the pr- previous word. Unless it's something to do with race. Yeah, I think they should vilify the previous word. There's a few. I mean, retard. Right. Not a politically correct term anymore. No. But that was more or less because, I mean, I, th- I think that term got taken away because people were using it slangly. Like, yeah. oh, you can't go around. Like, oh, look at that retard. Or, That's mm-hmm. so retarded. No, I'm, I'm not saying I condone it. <laughs> You're not going to sit there and be like, oh, look at that multiple. Uh, <laughs> That's a disorder. very good point. That's a very good point. Son of a bitch. It's a medical fucking term. <laughs> But so is like perfect example. Uh, deaf and dumb, deaf and especially the dumb part. The, the term dumb was actually a medical term that, that identified. I think is dumb is when you couldn't speak, right? Deaf when you can't hear, so, so dumb when you dumb, can't deaf speak. Deaf and blind, yeah, that's Helen Keller. So dumb, dumb was the uh, actual technical like, term for that like challenge, wasn't it? No, 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 dumb was specifically you couldn't speak because deaf and dumb is this one can't talk like that. Yes, or not at the very most. But people started using that ter- term for people who were unintelligent. So that, like, the same thing is, is like retard. So they took away that term because everybody, because everybody took it over and made it really, really negative. But then it goes crazy because, like, now you cannot tell me how little person, little person is a better term than midget. Midget. Little person would offend me so fucking much. You are a whole person. You're a little person. So if someone said, "Are you you're a black person?" So that so that, that's where it gets complex because it depends on the black person. Some people who are African American prefer for anyone who's not African American to call them African American. Some people find the term black offensive. I don't find the term black offensive. I really you call me black and African American because I don't feel that my being American should have a hyphen in between it. Versus you. Yeah. Basically, you're American. Right, exactly. But so it's putting a, a whole word and a hyphen in between it. You're black and you're American. <laughs> yeah, I'm a black American. Yeah. But that's why on surveys and shit, it, back on the meat test, it would say, you black slash African American. Mm. Uh, I, used to, I used to remember back in the day when we worked together, it would be the funniest thing to sit there and watch someone. Like, <laughs> you know what you want to try to catch them? Like, Can you get that gentleman that was helping me? Who was it? <laughs> Besides the people, can you describe them? <laughs> I mean, it was like cart- <laughs> grabbing their collar and like. Besides the people who were from Sanford, who just called me color, but like meant nothing wrong by it. <laughs> meant nothing wrong by it. I'm only working with the color. He's only what I trust. You're also your crooks. He's trustworthy. He needs to be a president. That color guy. I get the most best, like the best compliments, but also he's a color guy. This is the most awful. <laughs> Pun intended. Off colored. <laughs> oh shit! The best was that though, was when, when you like when they were like, oh, you know, the little girl that was working. Oh, well, we have a few. Can you describe? <laughs> oh, you know, she was dead. Uh, her hair was. So, was she black? Uh, and then the husband just, yes, she was. <laughs> and the one, what? <laughs> no, 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 no! I'm not like that. You know, I'm like, ma'am, she understands. She's black, <laughs> right? Like you are not offended. It's more <laughs> offensive when you're trying to sit there and say yeah. like you would you ever say I, I'm not white, I'm Caucasian. Yeah, no. 
I'm an Anglo-Saxon. Which I mean, if I if I walked into a store and I was looking for one person, not for nothing. If it was predominantly black and there's one or two white people, <laughs> right. I, the white guy over there. I think that's natural. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, not him, 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 <laughs> him, or him. That guy. <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. Um, but I do personally prefer to call white people Anglo-Saxon. I don't know why, but that's what I always do. <laughs> I always call them Anglo-Saxon. What if you started calling white people colored people? Yeah. They're white colored? I mean... I have a lot to say about that, but I'm not going to get into it. Like, <laughs> it, gets, it gets very political. <laughs> but fuck it. I think that a lot of members of the Anglo-Saxon community are so outraged about the vaccine so they can have their own Black Lives Matter. I really do. I don't think really that mad about it. With this one, has something they can complain about, be have an uproar about. You don't have to comment on that. <laughs> That's just my thinking. I think it's just what the news is to pick. Uh, I know I've seen people. I've seen people. All right, moving on. Yeah, but Moon Knight is a good book. I like where it's going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's my second favorite Moon Knight run of everything. Behind? The Charlie Houston run. Mm. And close, close third is the OG run by Doug Munch and Bill Sienkiewicz. Not Bendis. Fuck, no. Bendis is the worst one of all time. But I also don't like the Warren Ellis run with people seem to love. I hate that shit. Which one did David Finch work do it with? The Charlie Houston. Oh, okay. And then Maylee did? The Bendis. Okay. And Bendis' Moon Knight run was just him trying to tell, tell a story about Ultron and fucking Echo. Was it? Yeah. That's what the whole book was fucking about. And him trying to do like a super mainstream was Now, because he has the old term... That we'll say multiple personality disorder. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm I a big podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but what if it was Riverine, Captain America, and Spider Man, huh? 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 It's a Mark Spector and. Was they, did they announce when that show's coming out? They said it's going to be the first one on 2022. How excited? Are you excited for that one? Not really. No? I didn't like how goofy. Oscar Isaac was looking in the first trailer. Ooh, where am I? <laughs> it was only like a two second clip of it, though. And then picked two seconds of him looking goofy. <laughs> I get in the street. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. And I, I want to see the costume, like, like really see the costume. Uh huh. I think that although all I like, won't fit in his mask. He needs his uh, Dune beard. Cause, like his beard in Dune, like gives me beard in. I don't watch it. I, I, never, I was born as fuck. It's it's a beautiful. It's, it's not my top three. It's a beautiful movie, yeah. But it's sci-fi, bro. Like, know how I feel about hard sci-fi. It is hard sci-fi. Oh, is it? So, Star Wars was based off this book, man. Yeah, they, one of the things that they said. Uh, buddy, when I was telling, uh, actually, Aaron, who's gonna be on here, mm-hmm. said Dune is to sci-fi what. Lord of the Rings is to fantasy. It's like yeah. what it's the story that pretty much anything any sci-fi is based, it's based on. Based off of, and in my small-minded mind, sci-fi fantasy is the same shit because I don't like either one of them. Besides, it said that uh, Highlander is fantasy show, and I, I, I guess I like that show. I love that show, so I guess that's only, that's, that's the only fantasy I love. Yeah, oh, I, I was told that. at this point, wait until the next Dune comes out, and then I watched the. 
I well, I had the whole movie on. I was definitely on my phone a lot. But I will say, like I said, it's a beautiful movie. The soundtrack is amazing. But I think it's just that director, though. I've tried watching some of the other movies that director Dennis Villeneuve. What else has he done? Um, he did that Blade Runner sequel. Okay, which I never watched. And that looked good from trailers. Mm-hmm. Like, like turn, I think like, he makes beautiful looking. Yeah. Uh, he made that fucking space uh, alien movie. Um, oh, Arri- uh, with- Arrival. Yes. Yep. And that, but everyone was sitting there saying that movie was like movie of the year. Yep, I tried watching; it was boring as fuck. Cause I mean, cause you are a big sci-fi fan either. I don't think like straight sci-fi. No, yeah. I'm not. I like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And cause not Star Trek. The, yeah, Star Trek is boring as fuck. Of the two, and I, I don't like either, as everyone here knows. But I would definitely watch the Star Wars, but I watch the Star Trek because Trek is just a walk. Yeah. I'd rather be watching me some wars. <laughs> some wars than walking. <laughs> um, yeah, so the movie ends so abruptly. It ends so fucking abruptly. I heard just like you're watching like, what the fuck? What? Exactly. And then, like, I watch like, like now, whenever uh, I watch a movie, I watch like all of like the fucking Easter egg shit and, uh, uh-huh. and everything about it. So like, they had one that compared this one to the old movie and shit. And like, apparently, like, there's a scene in the book that, and, that everybody loves where the dude puts his hand in his box. And like, it's so amazing. He put his hand in the box. That scene was bothering. What the fuck? His hand, his hand is in the box. I never even watched it. What's in the box? I never watched the original. The, uh, who did the first one? Uh, uh, that crazy motherfucker that everybody liked that I, I don't yeah, care for. Uh, uh, David Lynch. Yeah. I, I never watched Twin Peaks either. People love that yeah. shit. But Trim, I'm kind of intrigued by that show. Though. I, I would watch it if I was super bored. I heard that remake of it was horrible. I heard that the diehards loved it, but anybody who wasn't diehard would say it was trash. But really, pe- people said the fucking Twin Peaks got trash after like the fourth episode anyway, but it's, it's it's kept watching. It long, I think. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Long tangent. Uh, what is your next book or pick? All right, next pick for me is, I believe it was an image title, um, Stray Dogs. Really? Yeah. I've heard of that book. It was unique because I remember when it first came out. I don't think I talked about it last year. I think it came no. out after the first. Yeah. Um, yeah. but the art style. It was a five issue miniseries, and they just had a. Then uh, they also did a free comic book day. Mm. Uh, kind of like almost like an issue zero type thing, and now they have a two issue called Stray Dogs Dog Days that just came out. The mm-hmm. first of the two came out last week, and it's like just mini stories about the other dogs. But it's unique because the art style looks like a Disney cartoon. Yeah, yep, yep. And it's Is it a, Tony Flicks? No idea. Okay. Um, I couldn't tell you who wrote it, who drew it. Um, but I'll tell you, it's flames. Um. But the concept is, it's about a serial, or it's not about, it was a serial killer who goes around killing people and then he takes the dogs. Hmm. So the dogs are the main characters and they talk amongst one another like a Disney fucking cartoon. <laughs> um, but the unique thing with dogs is dogs have no, uh, short term memory. So like they forget who their owner's, uh, owner is and stuff. And there's, they bring in a new dog who's like, well, where'd my master go or my lady? Um, and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's slowly losing memory of it. And he's trying to help these other dogs gain this memory of, like, you know, this something seems odd here. 
and they have to stop the serial killer. <laughs> but it's very unique. It was nice. It didn't. It wasn't a storyline that overstayed its welcome. Like wasn't like three issues, five issues. Five. Oh, that's what you said. Uh, where so many books nowadays, it seems like are like they tell the story, and maybe you could do, tell the story in one or two. Yep. Uh, story arcs, and it continues because yeah, it is. It is a good, good uh, storyline or something like that. But they get some point. The book don't even make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're gonna bring it up on the list, but kind of fire powers to that point a little bit. I agree. I don't think it had, it's hit that yet, but it don't have much more. Um, one book I'm happy I just learned about. I'll hold on to it because this might be. I guarantee you, no book that, that you would bring up is going to be on my two. I guarantee you. Well, you want me to skip it? Just go to my. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I got you. I'm, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, because yeah. my other one might be my other top book Josh. for the. Yeah, I, I've heard about that book, and then for me, because. That book got a lot of hype, <clears throat> and I don't follow hype anymore unless something that kind of piques my interest. And that that see, no one knew about it either. And I tried telling them when I'd be able to stop in the comic shop and stuff. I actually it was one I'd recommend. Like just read it. I was telling people like read it. It's unique. Mm-hmm. It's a story that really hasn't been done before. Give it a try. It's such a cool concept. And like they did like these uh horror movie homage covers and stuff mm-hmm. like that that were kind of cool. I think that. I heard a lot about it because uh, I want to say that the writer or the artist is a guy named Tony Fleeks, and Tony Fleeks is a podcaster. Well, he 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 guests on the podcast a lot, so all these podcasts because I listen to like very very independent, we'll say, comic book podcasts. Mm-hmm. So back in the early two thousand tens, if they knew any comic book creator, they'd have them on the show all the time. So I'll keep hearing name all the time, and I'm pretty sure that. that Tony Fleeks is... Yep, is. Yep. So... He wrote, wrote it. Okay. So he is like the uh, the special guest host on like one of my favorite comic book podcasts, he, 11 O'Clock Comics. So he's on like at least once a month. And I don't really like him at times. But yeah, so that's why I've, I've heard about it so much because he's always on the podcast. Oh, well. He's also a big hip-hop fan, too. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, for my next one, do you want me to go the most esoteric or the one that's a little more mainstream? At least have main mainstream creators and is a pastiche of things that, that you've heard of. The other one is very esoteric. And Do the esoteric one. Okay. And this one I actually have because the other one I don't have. Well, you the Bible? <laughs> so this one is called Monsters. Monsters. This is the one you were telling me about. Have I told you about it already? Mm-hmm. You were telling me I shouldn't need to read it. Mm. By Barry Wizard Smith, the, the the graphic novel, 30 years in the making. Did it just come out? Yeah, that came out last year. Yeah, you were ta- I think you, you were telling me about this before you even got it. Okay. I've got a bad memory. Because, uh, firstly, do you like Barry, Barry Wizard Smith's art? Uh, it's unique. Yeah. It's not for everybody, because his faces are... It's all the same thing. It's got kind of like Frank quietly. It kind of does, yeah. And if you notice, Steve McNiven has been copying off this dude a lot lately because he switched his whole art style up, especially around the return of Wolverine, to kind of do a pastiche of this guy's work. But I will say, this is not a lot of people's top list of the year. This book is a new version of this book from like back when I first started 
This thick of a dick book is only forty dollars. Yep, that's a steal, folks. <laughs> you could probably find it even cheaper on the Amazons. <laughs> but this book came out when I first started listening to fucking I fanboy in all of the comic book podcasts. A serious pilot by David Mazzucchelli of Daredevil. Year, yep, year one, and, born again. Yep, this book is probably one of my favorite comic books of all time. It, it really fucking is, and now it's out of print and hard to find. But they they. Back in the day, they talk about this book all fucking year, and it lives up to the hype. It is better than Monsters, I won't lie. But this one, but Monsters is in there because, number one, Barry Windsor Smith is one of my favorite artists. He, he all, he's one of my favorite writers as well. And he he's the guy who did the Weapon X story in Marvel Comics Presents, which gave us the first definitive and continuity background of of a Wolverine. James Howlett. <laughs> James Howlett. <laughs> so even before he was James, back when just Logan. So he did that. And then this book was supposed to be a sequel to that storyline. This was? Well, not not sequel, but a companion series. Like, you know how uh, how Jeff Loeb did uh, Captain America White, mm-hmm. Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Blue. This would be like that. Because this was supposed to be a uh, Hulk origin story. This was. Yeah. But apparently he kept going back and forth with Marvel about it for years. He said, no, fuck it, I'm going to take the story and I'm going to flip it. So he just took the Hulk out? Basically. And I think he did change it quite a bit because this is not fitting with the Hulk at all now. And I'll say this. It's a good book. It's a tour of the force. Sometimes it is at a more level of reading. And I'm to the point where I, I don't want to take more than 10 minutes to read any comic book. Or in a graphic novel like this, I don't want to be on the same page for 15 minutes. Sometimes I'm like, God damn, that's a lot of words. This is almost a half an omnibus. <laughs> it is. It's long. And like, there's like, if there's chapters at all, the chapters are like 100 pages each. And I hate that on any book. No chapter should be longer than 10 book, than ten pages in a regular book. And in a comic book, if it's a graphic novel style, I give you maybe 35 pages. I don't like chapters in comics. You don't? Mm-mm. Unless it's like, unless it's an actual graphic novel. If it's a standard, you, if it's a standard issue comic, that's chapter. I, I agree. But, uh, so this is tangent, but this is a good tangent because I, I wonder about this. Um, do you like it when they don't have the, cha- the, uh, the issue covers as like a chapter, a divider in graphic novels? No. I, I hate that. If they do have them, or they if don't. they don't. I don't, yeah. I it needs to have that break in there. Yeah, I didn't know when I can set this down. Exactly. And I hate it. Regardless of whatever, when they were writing that, yep. there was a stopping point when exactly. they wrote that script. There was a script that yes. ended right there. And, and like Sammy said, they're chapters. And in 95% of books, there's chapter breaks. Yeah. There's really, there's really like, that. you read a book that just goes all the way through. Mm-hmm. The early the early Charlie Houston books are now went all the way through. But that's the only one I can think of. That, yeah. Usually, you can some. They don't put the cover in there. Sometimes you can tell, like the splash page or something. Yeah, but still, um, just, just I'll make it easy. God, there was one re- recently I was reading. Fucking, I can't even think of it now. But I almost had to guess where the fucking <laughs> yep. issue is. There've been several like that for me. So that is a problem with this book. I should like it. I. Li- it's on there, honestly, based on the fact that it took them 30 years to do. I like that he finally got it completed. I like the background of it. And then it does have some, some beautiful art. It's a nice looking book. It's a beautiful book. Now, 
unlike Asterios Polyp, this one you this one shows you why this story could only be told in a comic book. This does not do that. This is essentially a novel. This is a, a, literally a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. This Asterios Polyp elevates the comic book art form because because like the colors that the book is in are the three colors that make up every color of a comic book. The uh, Cheyenne, Cheyenne, I'm a Genta, and like uh, blue, I think it is. And then when he's talking to anyone else, he has like a center word balloon. But then like his here he has a square one, but so he, it changes the type of word balloon he has. It, yeah, he's always square. Mm-hmm. But then when he talks to his, his wife, he he uh I think he it changes to like a circle. But this one shows you it, it is something that only comic books can do. Monsters didn't do that. It definitely is a novel and like it's like a literary novel, not like a your your fucking uh, Harlan Coben. It's like a fucking Shakespeare type shit. Because bro, look at this. And he and he wrote and this is all hand hand drawn, bro. But this fucking letter, and there's a lot of letters in this book. So the, the craft he they took him to fucking do this shit is amazing. It doesn't look quite as lengthy as a fucking Alan Moore uh Watchman type read, but it it, it took him way longer than Watchmen. Bro, oh. this is two pages of this fucking This took you longer than Watchmen? Hell yeah. This took me a month and a half. There are parts that are kind of he could have used an editor to kind of get some of the shit off, and then so. But this artwork is fucking. It's probably took a month to fucking draw this page. Look at all this detail, bro. Look at all this fucking detail in this shit. He's got some good detail going on though. You can see every day it took him to draw this fucking book. That's why, and it's beautiful. There's there's a lot of fucking text walls. I don't fucking like. But here's the thing. See more text walls. Towards the end here. What? Oh, you said it's about. Or what's the story about? I'll tell you one second. Towards the back end here, I'm not sure if you can tell, but his artwork. His artwork. This starts to get a little more rushed. Yeah, because you can tell he's older now. Mm-hmm. This is when he was probably thirty. <laughs> now he's sixty. <laughs> <laughs> he just said, "Fuck! I gotta get this shit done before I die." I need that royalty checks. COVID would not be good to me because I'm old, so I can't get this shit done. Yeah, like yeah, like like his faces are terrible. Yeah, this whole six is terrible in comparison to these pages on this page. Okay, so the story is kind of hard to explain because there's so much going on. It goes back and forth in time, but essentially, there is this boy. I mean, look, look, look at these pages. Look at double pages. This is fucking beautiful, bro. I feel you really skating around with the stories about. Because I'm trying to think about what it is about. <laughs> so there's this kid whose dad it was abusive. a mongoloid looking character. So that's how it becomes uh, uh, like the Hulk, essentially. So this kid is deformed by his father because his father was crazy, but that comes into play later. So he, he's had a fucked up life. Both of his parents are dead. He turns 18, so he wants to do something to give his life meaning. So he, so he joins like the military and he gets in like a super soldier program. So this is the first time that they kind of said that the Hulk would have been like a super soldier. So mm-hmm. he finds like this this, this uh, scientist who basically turns into the Hulk, this monster. So he can't speak, think, or anything. He's just a big hulking monster. But the ironic thing is, he's the only person in the book who's innocent. Everybody else is the real monster. That's how deep. Then you find out that his dad was in World War Two, and Although he fought for America, he, he portrayed America for the fucking Nazis. And then, um, 
he comes back to America as a hero, not so the world doesn't know that he actually killed his other fellow soldiers. And then his wife, who was very innocent and young when he got married, and then he like like went off the war and left her. When she, uh, when he comes back, he, he he abuses her. He hates the kid, and then his wife he accuses his wife of fucking the the cop, this cop guy. And then what I what I hate about this whole book the most is the fact that uh. His wife ends up fucking the cop guy. Like, you fucking proved the fucking crazy dude right. And she actually fucks this dude. So then, the the dad goes crazy at Thanksgiving dinner and kills everybody. Besides the kid. So he kills his wife. He kills his wife's brother. He kills his wife's sister. He kills on himself. No, no, I'm sorry. The cop boyfriend comes in and kills him. So then, uh... And there's so many layers too, bro. And then like the uh, the 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 guy in like the military who signs the guy up for the military knew his mom back in the day, but he didn't know that the the kid was his mom. There's, there's a lot of shit going on. And like I said, it goes back and forth in time. There's like a hundred pages. There's a it's like a hundred page flashback hmm. that I think would have been better than what it pace it out a little differently. But it, it's on the list because it's a tour of the force. Now that I think about it, it's not that good. <laughs> it, has, it has some problems, but the fact that it took my man thirty years to do it and he completed it, because how many how many comic stories have we heard mentioned and rumored that never come out? Too many. Too many. This one actually finished the shit. So for that reason, and then for the art as a coffee table book for for comic fans and an art book, it that's worth that's worth the price of a mission alone. Look at this fucking look at this beautiful ass page. This is some good artwork. Beautiful. So that's the last page. <laughs> look, look, look. look at the fucking atmosphere, bro. You, you can see you can see this bitch's pain and hurt. And <laughs> that shoe, like look, look, look at the detail of that baby shoe, bro. Ain't no Christmas shoes. <laughs> right. This page took about a year and a half to draw alone. <laughs> dude look dude looks like fucking J. Dota Jameson. <laughs> That's a crazy dad. That's a lot of fucking line work. Yeah, man. Like, you can see the 30 years it took to do, like, to fucking draw this shit. But I will say that he's a better uh, artist and writer. Just saying. And he, he could have used an editor. Just saying. <laughs> a couple of editors, maybe. Okay, yep. So that's my second book. Monsters by Barry Windsor Hyphen Smith. All right. Um, so we're on to my third and final. Yep, I'm ready back, though. I can hear you. Alright. My third and final pick, I think, I'm between two different ones, which, shockingly for me, are both non-Marvel, non-DC. So I'm just going to kind of throw them both out there. Um, Wait, so far you haven't had any mainline Marvel or DC book, because Black Lab is a mainline. True. Wow, this is a first. Um, I was going to say Stillwater. By Chip Zerdusky. I guess how you pronounce the last name. Yes. Um, yeah, I've heard it that one. Which is, I think, through Image. Or Geiger by Jeff Johns. I forgot about Geiger. Um, and Frank, or not Frank Wiley, uh, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank. Gary Frank, yes. Um, which are both, to me, great storylines. Um, Stillwater is a little more continuous. But going back to what I said, I want to say they're maybe on issue 
12, th- somewhere between like 12 and 15 right now. But they have their end game. Like, they're going into their final storyline, mm. which means the book ain't going to be more than 20-ish issues long, which I'm happy for. You told yep. the storyline. Yep. I'll probably put that one maybe a little bit above. Um, but essentially, Stillwater is kind of a... They call it a horror comic, but I don't really see what, how it's horror. But essentially, there's a, Stillwater is a town um, that if you live in the in the town, you don't age. You can't die. Okay. Um. So like, that, you, like some, that, that sounds like some Stephen King or some M. Night Shyamalan type shit. Yeah, more psychological su- thriller, supernatural. Super, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. So, anyways, this kid gets a letter from his grandfather, uncle, some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And goes to visit, thinking he's getting get some inheritance or something like that. And he comes into town, and they're trying to get him out, but he thinks something's wrong. Ends up meeting his mom, who his mom sent him away when he was a baby, so that he could live a life. So his mom, he's actually maybe around the same age as his mom now, because he don't age. Mm. So they're trying to, uh, and like there's a police force and everything. So if they have to take people out, they will take them outside of the city limits. To kill them so that they can't come back in. Hmm. So, like, there's, like, the judge is, like, the law in the town, and, like, there's, like, the town sheriff and shit like that. Is Chip the writer and artist? Nope, just writer. Could Chip art is actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. It's like a... Uh, I think he mainly does more covers now, like... Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, surprisingly, it's not that bad. His covers are a different style than his interior, because, like... Is kind of a little cartoony, cartoony, kind of like um, like more abstract. I would say. Okay. Designing like a uh, uh, what's his face? Like Jonathan Hickman's art. Uh, who's the artist on? If you know, I'll uh, look it up real quick. That, that sounds like it'd be like a uh, like a dark horse book. I think it's Image as well. Okay. Image should be putting on some quality book. Image, honestly, Image is, is the best overall publisher, bro. And, like, they've been for years, but we typically, like, just read, like, a bunch of it. But, yeah, like, they, they especially even now superhero shit, like, they consistently... Ramon like, Perez. I like him sometimes. Like, s- s- sometimes he's a little too cartoony for me. It's not too cartoony of this. No, I'm thinking of someone else. No, 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 no. He did that Hawkeye after Fraction and Ozzy, right? Maybe. Without Jeff Lemire? Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's he's hit or miss to me. But that does sound pretty interesting. I might read that somehow. I'm trying to think. See what issue. Yeah, I think they're on issue 12 that's been out. No, um, issue 12 is coming out, coming out next week. So, 11 issues in. Must skip December. I'm surprised that uh, Something is Killing the Children isn't on your top. That's a good book, too. But they're on a high, they've been on a high end. Yeah. So, it's kind of, uh, because they had a spinoff book, yep. uh, House of Slaughter, yep. come out. So, they haven't had a new issue of Something is Killing the Children. This has been the year I've gotten, I mean, I've still looked a lot of DC and Marvel. Uh, I know a hell of a lot more new, but um, yes. going back, Geiger is a quality book too. Yeah, and I know we've talked out a six issue miniseries. I think they have a special coming out maybe this week. Okay, because um, this should have came out. I think it got delayed a few okay. times. Okay, but it, 
from what I could gather from the last issue six, the final issue, is they're going to kind of break that off into more of a shared universe or something like that. Yeah. Was I not too third about obviously? Yeah. Um. So that's my pick for number three. You can put Geiger in as honorable mention. Uh, I do have some other honorable mentions. Sure. I'll throw in after you say your mm-hmm. number three one. Um. Before I say that, I do kind of want to get into something is killing the children because, like that match that chick was just cool. Now I wonder, did James cheating in the the fourth like? That's that. That's right. That that's yeah. what right. That right. Did he make COVID happen so he could sell more of that mask? <laughs> <laughs> like that's a cool ass mask. Yeah. I mean, you can buy that mask too. Yeah. I mean, it's a great idea. That's great marketing. That's great marketing. I kind of want to buy it, but honestly, as a black dude, I, I don't wear a bandana either. I bet you. I bet you can buy a COVID mask with teeth on it. <laughs> If not, he's an idiot for not doing it. Yeah. Marketing. Yeah, because that's Dark Horse, right? That's not Amazon. No, that's Boom. Boom. Somebody weird. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Have I ever read a Boom book in my life? I don't think I have. I kind of want to go back and read uh, the Mark Ray, Mark Wade and, and, and Peter Krause, Krause book, uh, Irredeemable. It's about essentially like a guy who was a bad guy who turns a good guy, and then had incorruptible guy who was a a good guy turned to a bad guy. I mean, the opposite. Oh, really? Yeah. So two different books. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It got a lot of buzz in the podcast arena, at least like in like 2010, back when. Because tangent again, for some reason, Dan DeDio did not like Mark Wade. Because Mark Wade is a decent guy. a lot of people like Mark Wade, or like Dan DeDeo. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I think well, I like his wife. You see his wife? Hmm. Follow him on fucking IG, bro. His wife is fine as hell. But um, for whatever reason, when Dan, like Mark Wade to me is a DC writer. When I think of DC or think about Mark Wade, I think of DC. But when Dan DeDeo took over a DC, he stopped being hired. And that's when like, he went over to Marvel. And his Spider-Man and shit. But now that he's gone, he's back at DC. Just starting back up. I think he's got a book, uh, World's Finest, I yep. think he's doing. And I don't know why. I bet I can find out, like, on, like, interweb somewhere. But, yeah, but I don't know why that, that is. Like, the same thing happened at Marvel, too, with somebody. I can't think of who it was. But apparently, at these comic book companies, it's who you know. It's a real tight community. Like, it... <laughs> If a fucking editor does not like you, you are not getting work anyway. Which is funny because they're getting DC's getting Jeff Loeb back too from Marvel. Is he? Because I, I think he's. I wonder why he didn't like that Batman book, being that he was an executive at the now of the fucking Marvel TV. Or are they? Ah, <laughs> mm. um, Jeff Loeb also a DC writer. I can't think of the Marvel that was good <laughs> besides me. Hulk wasn't bad. That was that was a Rob Life book. That was just a popcorn book with no substance. Yeah, it was an action. It, it was him. It was him being fucking Michael Bay. But but in terms of having a book that's really good, like the like fucking Dark Victory, it. Hush. His DC work to me had way more layers too. Like at Marvel, I thought you know what he was good. On Superman I just want a paycheck. Yeah, he, yeah, that's the first Superman I ever liked. He was a great Superman writer. Yeah, but at Marvel. Cast a check. I want, I want all my checks. But anyway, uh, my third book uh, is a book by Dynamite Entertainment. 
Now, I think it actually came out in 2020, but I read it in 2021, so it's our show, so I'm going to count it. But it's called Peter Cannon. Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. Have you ever heard of Peter Cannon before? Mm-mm. He's in the same. Um, he's a pope hero, like the other Daredevil and like the uh, Green Llama. So far, my... so far, your Barry Windsor Smith was more. <laughs> I knew more about that than what you're talking about with this thing. And the, the spider. So, like, there's uh, the shit that fucking Alan Ross does sometimes. Like, those other weird superheroes he does. Mm-hmm. Peter Cannon is one of those. Okay. But apparently you can have any iteration of Peter Cannon that that all you want to have. Because, like, he's... I think he's kind of public domain. Anyway, it's by Dynamite... You see, Winnie the Pooh is going public domain? Really? Uh-huh. 2022. There's two dis- massive Disney characters. Are they kids of Florida? It might be Mickey Mouse, right? No. Fucking Mickey Mouse ain't ever going public domain. I thought it was 100 years regardless of... From the date that it started, 100 years. Let me see if I can figure it out. Even if you renew it after 100 years, it won't matter. So in, in our lifetime, if we don't die by then, next decade, Superman should be public domain. Batman, like, the following year. Well, Superman would be... 2037, 20, 20, 20, right? I'll say 2038 or something like that. Yeah. Because Winnie the Pooh, I think the Dacians just acquired a license to him anyway, didn't it? Because, like, the first book wasn't, weren't off on Disney books. The fucking Christopher Robin shit. But why are you looking that up? So, the period... Ooh, Mickey Mouse is about to meet a big public domain world. See? Told you. When it comes to understanding the history of... Oh, that's too much word shit. <laughs> Mickey premiered in 1928 cartoon oh, Steamboat Willie... Under the laws of the time, Mickey's copyright should have expired in 1984, but when Disney expanded into a global superpower and that little mouse dude became their mascot, the company got somewhat protective of him. So in the late 70s, Disney lobbied Congress to rewrite the copyright system in order to hold onto the world-famous rodent a bit longer. Blah, 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 blah. Mickey was put back into Disney's vault until 2023. So it's Mickey that you meant. No, uh now if Disney wanted to lobby for another copyright extension, their deadline was twenty nineteen. Despite widespread expectations of a fight, according to something, Disney did nothing. So the day of January first, twenty twenty four, we'll see the monumental expiration of Steamboat Willie's copyright. Finally freeing Mickey Mouse onto public domain. So we could buy Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey could be our mascot for the pocket. Just for the fiction. Uh, God, they're saying <laughs> Superman. Yeah. Because it... Now... 2033 for Superman. Okay. So that's... As long as you don't die, that's nine years from now. No, James Bond. Now. Really? James Bond's that old? Winnie the Pooh. Ian Fleming writing from James Bond in, in the 30s? Uh, or is it because like, he's British and like, the laws are different so it's sooner? It might be that. It's totally. Dude, so... But Winnie the Pooh, ju- this year, uh, went into pub- there was another one. Like I thought it was two different... It, oh, Bambi. I can see that. 
But maybe that's why Disney has kind of distanced themselves from Mickey Mouse. Because how often does Disney have anything with Mickey on it anymore? Yeah, but how do you get rid of your mascot? Is he, though? Iron Man's the mascot now. Disney Princess. I guess there ain't much to fucking do with I can't think. Like, in our childhood, it's all about Mickey. But last 20 years, how often have you seen anything new with Mickey Mouse? Even merch. I can't believe that. When's the last time they made a Mickey Mouse movie? Exactly. Have they ever made a Mickey Mouse movie in their lifetime? Maybe Phantasm? Fantasia? Yeah. That was maybe. Have they ever actually had a live action Mickey Mouse movie? No. Or not live action, but uh, feature length <laughs> Mickey Mouse movie? Oh, oh. So, oh. That I thought you meant. I don't think they've had a. Oh, oh. Like Looney Tunes, you've, got, you've had a few. Mm hmm. Movies. He was in Roger Rabbit <laughs> for a second, but that's a good point. Yeah. I think the the Disney is trying to they've grown past. I'm surprised they don't try to do something like Disney hasn't tried making something like with their IP. Apparently, this is that fucking. That's crazy. Though. I mean, but people do change their mascots. So fucking, I mean, Domino's like you have a little pink a creature thing. The Grimace? No, no, no. He he was like. He, he was McDonald's. No. Wait, who did you say? Domingo's Pizza, a Domino's. Oh, Domino's, the Noid. Yeah, yeah. He was a mascot. He's gone. Fuck, around McDonald's gone. Yeah. So this. Yeah, because you had to avoid the Noid. We actually did try to bring them back. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Little Caesars had the hey, hey. pizza, pizza. He's on a box set at least. Yeah. But yeah, so mascots it, in general. Yeah, you used true. to have Captain Crunch fought the Saggies. Oh damn that that's it. That's that was his vill- the villains that were the Sagis. I don't recall that at all. They're like I'm white saying. little really look like sperm. Really? <laughs> look like fucking someone jizz all over. Oh and, and like cops the the concept was could Captain Crunch like say it's crunchy, right? Because mm-hmm. it does say crunchy for longer than most cereal, but it does like fucking cut your mouth. But but anyway, uh essentially Peter Cannon is a is a is a is a pastiche. That's my word of the podcast on Watchmen, but saying why? That's definitely nut. That's definitely nut. Um, Peter Kent is a pastiche about Watchmen and big copyright events. So essentially, this storyline is is just a, a narrative tool to say that people need to stop copying Watchmen, and also saying that we're doing too many of these big epic storylines. That's basically all I've got to say about it. But it, it's written by it's written by Kieran Gilliam, who is very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Like his Uncanny X Men, miss. Not to be confused with Nebula. What do you mean? Her name's Kieran Gilliam. Oh, is it really? Oh, from the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the writer. I was gonna like the Black Wonder Woman. Oh no no no. That's why I heard, yeah, like, okay, gotcha, yeah. But, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't have much to say about it as good uh, if I had it physically. I'll see the art on it. It had really good art on it. And Peter Kenny is, is a good character. I've also read um, some of his other work, too. Well, well like, his, his previous books aren't tied, in, aren't tied into what I'm talking about at all. But it, it, it's a good book. And Tom King should read it so he can s- stop trying to do Watchmen every time he writes something. Full circle. <laughs> Full circle. All right. Um, All right. I'll give a quick honorable mention. Yep. yep. Um, I'll put Geiger back in that. Uh-huh. Noctura uh, by Scott yeah. Snyder. Was I a good tried book. that one, but it, um, it was too wordy. 
But it's actually not too bad. It's actually a fairly quick read. No, uh, is... One that's actually I found is my favorite book. One, the book I look forward to the most, but I didn't put it in the top list because its reprint is The Walking Dead. First time mm-hmm. I've ever actually read The Walking Dead. Um, but I do The Walking Dead Deluxe quality book. Don't they color it? Oh. Mm-hmm. I've got the compendium of the first fifty issues uh, from Ollie's. I'm all four of them. I'm collecting the individual colored issues, too. Uh, let me see if I have any honorable mentions. Um, all, all of the Black Label books you talked about, uh, Firepower, like, it's it's a book. Firepower is comfort food at this point. It's, it's still a good book. It's just like nothing. To, it, it's kind of like a good example of this. When Dwayne Swazinski was writing Cable, when it was a holding pattern for the whole series... <laughs> This book is a holding pattern, I feel like, too. But it's like a the holding second pattern. story arc was a the same same, exact same. It was. The first story arc. It was. <laughs> Somehow they got back to no- life as normal. All of a sudden they had to go back to the island. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? They were back for like a day. <laughs> I agree. Rewrite it. <laughs> Run that shit back. It's almost like, like, hey, we need the scripts for uh, the second story arc. And he mistakenly sent the same one there. And the artist is sitting there like, uh, shit. We got this already, bro. Draw it different. <laughs> I'm busy, bro. I can write all these goddamn books. Draw it different. What else? Uh, do I have any more? Um, Serial by uh, Tony Moore. I'm coming to Tony Moore of... Strangers in Paradise fame. Okay. That, that's actually a really good book because uh, it's very atmospheric. And then his artwork is kind of cartoony, but the story is very, very serious. It's about a serial killer who's like this uh, chick who's basically just a, like a UFC fighter. Like, so she can pick motherfuckers up with her bare hands. And then she takes a piece of them, of everyone that she kills, and she put inside of like a uh, glass. Like, she blows glass like this to put like like or tooth in it. Mm-hmm. And then like, she gives it to, to like her mother who is an invalid. I think that's the proper term. Who knows? And then she's fighting. Well, she's being tracked down by this a woman who's like 50 years old, but she's in the body of a 10-year-old. Kind of like a monster girl from Invincible. In- Invincible. And then um, she murdered that chick's best friend. So now she's after and like this chick is also Superpower. I don't know how she's superpower yet, but that's a pretty good book. Okay, we'll move on because this is getting long. <laughs> uh, New TV shows next? Yes. All right. Well, this segment will probably be a little bit quicker. Yeah. All right. You want me to go first? Yep. You want to go first? Follow the same format. All right. I'm going to over and follow the same format. Then I'm going to group my first one into as a grouping because okay. it's really hard to kind of pick one. But I'm going to say Marvel, Disney Plus TV shows okay. for the year. Um, nothing groundbreaking by any means with them, but they were fun to me. I love, they follow a format of television. I think more shows need to buy. You don't need 22, 24 episode seasons anymore. If you can tell a story in six episodes, essentially a mini series, get into the, was the British shows that were doing that first series one, Um, series two, then, you know, that's what. Have that be what it is, um, you know. They but they put five shows out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, started with Wandavision, followed by Falcon Winter Soldier, yeah. Loki, 
Loki, what if, what if Hawkeye. and then Hawkeye just ended. Um, now, if I were to organize those by the quality of what I liked them, I'd yeah. probably say, I don't mind, I, mine might be different, but I would say Hawkeye was probably my most enjoyable. Okay. It was just, it was fun. WandaVision, I would put two, um, because it was a kind of a clever idea for the format, following mm-hmm. the sitcom format. And it gave you your first taste, like, hey, they're investing money into these shows. I liked What If quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I'll put that number three. Falcon and Winter Soldier was probably number four, and that was the one I was looking forward to the most mm-hmm. at first. Um, and then Loki with number five. Loki, I just I had a hard time getting around. That was the one that just felt, it was only six episodes, but it felt Two episodes too long. Or maybe they could have shortened them down to half-hour episodes. But Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki were the two that you could definitely tell were affected by COVID the most. Loki, as far as uh, acting, like, there was, I mean, the whole the whole show was two, act, two or three actors mm-hmm. a scene. You can definitely tell from what I read with Falcon Winter Soldier, there was a whole storyline that had to deal with, like, a virus being released mm-hmm. that was cut out. So I think the editing. But, um... I think at this point in time, everyone's seen... Anyone that's going to watch the Marvel shows has watched them. Um, I really hope they don't overdo it. I think one episode a quarter is about... Or one episode, one series a quarter is good enough. Uh, I don't think we need to go into another year with five shows. But I do find it interesting that the whole point of what they're doing doing with uh, Disney Plus now and Marvel... I came up with this idea years ago when they first started doing fucking, when they were doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they started doing Agent Carter and then Humans, I said, because Agent Carter was originally brought up out as a fill-in series when they went on hiatus, when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. went on hiatus. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's only going to be six to eight episodes. I'm like, you have, this is such a great idea. Why don't you do a different character every year Mm -hmm. and you're not tied down to, you know, having to continue and you can start well, and you can start introducing different characters that might not warrant a full, full movie, and they didn't do it. But I like to say that was my Disney Plus shows were my idea. First. That, that's on this podcast. I don't know the episode, of course, but yeah, but I, you definitely said it on the podcast or all around the first year. You, you can write me my check, Disney. Cut the check. You know what? Just give me Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I mean, you can just wait now. Yeah, <laughs> just give me Mickey Mouse. <laughs> so, all right, that's my pick for number one. Um, so I'll piggyback off of that, like, uh, my first entry is Hawkeye, so that's not the whole series, and it was funny, and I'm gonna rant again, like, what, what I've been doing the whole time. The other day, me and D-Mac, your co your, your podcast co-worker. I've never met. Yep. He's, like, in a different country right now, cause, like, he's in the Navy, so, like. Uh, but we did a, a, one of the best episodes I've ever recorded on Hawkeye. It didn't record. It didn't record. That's only happened like I think twice. Like what? Well, what was the interview? Which I was mad about. And then that one. It was a fire ass episode, bro. I got philosophical. I was like, yeah, you see, this scene really means this. And blah 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 blah. And that shit is gone. We got ten minutes, and that bitch is gone. <laughs> I'm I'm so pissed about that. So we haven't really talked about Hawkeye yet. Um, mm-hmm. So I haven't really heard your opinion too much on it. Mm-hmm. Um. So I guess we can kind of talk here because we're out. Maybe when we do Spider Man, we'll do a little bit more in depth. Um, but I didn't really I realize. I never do a full Hawkeye review game. I'm so upset about that. 
<laughs> I didn't realize you liked it that much. Yeah. You know what? Because Hawkeye was the most comic book show of all those fucking shows. Not trying to be something else. Yeah. Not a fucking slapstick comedy. Not having fucking incest and, and fucking jacking off yourself, which is Loki. Because <laughs> if, if you fuck the female version of yourself, so is is that... That's incest, kind of? It's masturbation. <laughs> masturbation, I don't know if I go incest, but... But it's a but it's a bearing interview. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just weird. It's just fucking weird. But anyway, but we also did like um a ranking of the show, and I think we have the exact same ranking. Okay. Do we? I think we have because Hawkeye was out one or two between that and WandaVision. I think I think I think the WandaVision might have been number one, although that's not on my list. And I think because it was more groundbreaking the fact that Marvel not our Marvel, like not Marvel comics, but MCU mm-hmm. has a very young fan base. You can have, I mean, like people like in their twenties and shit and younger. Marvel made the crazy choice to me to base this show on fifties TV, sixties TV, seventies TV, eighties TV up to present day. When these not kids, those changes, you understand those. They were never. That was never supposed to be the leadoff show. Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be their leadoff show. Even so, the fact that Marvel did that, knowing that this isolates their fan base so much, was brave. Yeah, because I know people, why is it black and white? Oh, I know people that flat out hated that. Show yeah, because of it. Um, and I loved it because of that. Because I like old. Well, as a kid, I watched fucking Nick and Night. Yeah. So it, and it it did everything. And the crazy part is, it did all these sitcoms right beside like the more modern ones. Because. Because like for Modern Family in past seasons, that was the worst one. Yeah. Um. I like. I like how every episode was a different era. decade. Yeah. Um, an era, but yeah, it was. But like I said, to me, it really showed the, the quality of what these series could be like. And too. that one did have the best budget of all of them because. Um. Now, Captain America. I had the worst hidden reveal that everyone knew about, short of fucking. Uh, yeah. Oh. Are there going to be three Spider-Men in the fucking movie? But we'll get to that uh, like uh, more in depthly uh, at some point, I believe. But um, why Hawkeye was number one of all the shows and on this list, not fucking WandaVision. It's just, oh no! Well, first I'll say this. So in terms of my ranking, uh, so and I think the fact that I, I thought it was brave the way that Marvel. Although I haven't been the biggest Marvel fans after Guardians of the Galaxy when everything turned to a slapstick comedy when that doesn't fit every Marvel property, in my opinion. Um, I do like the fact that in WandaVision, everything that she did was predicated on her, on her mental illness. Mm-hmm. And their portrayal of mental illness was really, really good. And they put it in a superhero world where it made sense. It wasn't too heavy-handed. It wasn't too... On a special episode of, of, of a fucking Fresh Prince type shit. And it fit. Although they have, I think they had an episode titled. Um, I, think they did. I think they did. I think they did. But it fit, and then it showed the fact that she she went inside of all these TV worlds because as a kid, her pastime when they were poor in their fucking weird country was watching DVDs of old TV shows. Now when she has little episodes, she'll go, she'll retreat into those worlds. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Now Hawkeye had the best action of all the shows. It was I like the buddy cop. Aspect of it, I like it how so the the progression of Hawkeye and how he acts differently with, with different people, and I like especially how 
Uh, there's no type of sexual tension between Hawkeye and Kate. Most of the time, if there's a male and a female in the show in Hollywood, they try to always have them, have them want to fuck. Especially because I don't know how old Kate Bishop is supposed to be. Is she 15? Is she 21? Oh, but I like Kate Bishop. She was amazing. She was essentially his Spider-Man to his Tony Stark. And she mm-hmm. does it better. Like, they, their fucking dynamic is better to me than the Peter and Tony. Yeah. And they did... And I thought Yolanda, I don't remember, do we, ever, we did do a Black Widow. Yeah. I thought Yolanda was the best part of Black Widow. They did her even better in the show than what they did in the movie. Yes. And there's your sexual tension on the show was between. That's what I said. Yolanda, I, I don't think, I don't think they're ever going to. They are, bro. Like Marvel's going to have a full on popular gay couple in her. I don't think it's going to be them too. But the, Kate, dyna- I mean, I'm pretty sure that, hit, that Kate was gay on that first episode of Square That Suit. Maybe. But anyway, That's how I took that. I thought that the scene with the uh, macaroni and tre- cheese, I thought was the best scene of the whole series. <laughs> I mean, I, wa- I rewatched that three times because I thought it was just, it was genius writing and it was such a simple scene, but it got like the snark of Kate Bishop um, and like the humor of Yolanda, which I guess she actually took some flack for. And it was non-Russian people were, like saying like that was a, Piss poor imitation of a Russian. She was kind of Borat on that scene, but um, <laughs> she was I guess the Russian people said it was good. Oh, so it was really? American people saying oh, okay. it was a piss poor. Um, but it made me appreciate her character even more as Yolanda, which I can never remember. Black, black Widow too. Yeah, Black Widow too. White <laughs> Widow. White Widow. Um, and I thought that was great. Um, the Kingpin reveal was okay. Got a little more comic. The most comic accurate portrayal of Kingpin yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've talked in our text thread, like you took the autism out of Kingpin, twenty five percent different. Yeah. Um. So it's to be, it's to be waiting to be seen. Is this the same Kingpin? Is this a variant? As far as there's been a lot of rumors going around, whether it is or isn't. I think Vincent D'Onofrio has come out and said it is the same Kingpin. Um. But then I think it also came out too. He was told that to portray the same Kingpin with these subtle differences. Twenty five percent different. Even though his wine shirt was straight from the comics, too. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, in that one, uh, I've seen in my head, it was drawn by Gabriel Del Oro. On the cover. <laughs> yep, exactly. It's exact, yes. Yep, yep, yep. You, yep, yep, when Peter had that sister. That I think they'd pop is. up again. Oh, yeah. Um, um, so, I like that. And then also, what Marvel has been tackling really good this year is the people with disabilities. Because Hawkeye had like his hearing problem, Lucky the Peace Star had one eye, and then uh, Echo had a deaf. I mean, yeah, I think. Well, and they could, and her foot was gone too. Yeah, that's not from the comics. No, I think her foot is really gone in real life. Yeah, um, but I think they've also dealt with Clint a lot of PTSD too. And PT, yeah, exactly. And they've handled it. So, say if you're like a little kid who likes his Marvel movies and shit, and then you see these people, and say like you're a kid that has like a, has has. A disability. And you're seeing this on TV. Mm-hmm. That's going to be powerful for them like to not see that shit as a disability. You see, and they, and it's a little bit different. They like they learn differently. But they can and he be. continues to have PTSD, too. Because it wasn't as a Ronan, it was his family. Yep. But he learns how to handle his grief differently. Because yep. he is, the whole series is him dealing with Natasha's, too. Yes. Duh. Yeah, it, it, it was done beautifully. But yeah. the only thing, I, only change I would have made mm-hmm. in that entire series, minor, and it would have just been a slight addition at the very end, and I said this could have made it even better. Mm-hmm. Um, after his fight with Yolanda, and she gets his reasoning that she sacrificed herself. Which is kind of dumb. 
That, 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 oh, he also can whistle like my sister. I believe you now. Uh, yeah, it's always going to be the quick wrap up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. two things. One issue, one thing that I have an issue with it. Okay. One that I think I could have done better. At the very end, when he walks into his family's house for Christmas and says, Hey, I brought in a couple strays with me. And there's Lucky the Pizza Dog and uh, Kate. Kate. I think he should have brought Yolanda with him. Natasha was Aunt Natasha to his children. That would have really reigned into her, like, like, yeah. listen, you don't believe me? Let me prove it to you. Let me show you what Natasha was to my family. And boom. That could have been, I think, that just a little addition they could have done it. My only issue I had with the series. Uh-huh. Seen Black Widow. Fucking, uh, Elaine from Seinfeld gave him the fi- gave her the file to go after Clint. Not it had nothing to do with Natasha's mom. In the show, it was Natasha, or it was not Natasha. It was uh, Kate's mom that hired her. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm a little lost. Unless Kate's mom went to Julie Weiss Dreyfus to pay for. They didn't really set that up. The too problem much. that Marvel has since they're so big now. It's the same problem that DC Comics has. The left hand isn't talking to the right. Yeah, I mean, they almost... Because they, for, for the lot, longest time, they seemed like they were setting up Young Avengers and Dark Avengers. I, I think they still are. I mean, you, you know we're getting towards Young Avengers, but they kind of removed Yolanda. I mean, they only had, what, Yolanda, uh, U.S. Agent, and Loki, maybe, could have been on the Dark Avengers? Kid Loki, and then, yeah. Somebody else. I can't think of because like there's so much more here. Yeah. Now there's a rumor I've heard, and I can say this since I better do it on this episode before uh, Aaron comes and talk about Spider Man. I heard they're introducing the Illuminati in Multiverse of Madness. That's too much shit, bro. We got, we got Kang, maybe the Dark Avengers, maybe the Young Avengers, and then the fucking Illuminati. Well, I heard because I heard Xavier's going to be in it. Oh my god, I hope not. Uh, I heard Black Bolt's going to be in it. Ugh. Uh Think about it. You could bring in. You could get Tom Cruise back to play uh, <laughs> Tony Stark. Now you can do anything, which is cool. Yeah, you could. You could start having these these actors that like don't want to commit to do superhero movies because they don't want to sign six picture deals and say, well, "I'll pop in for this one." Yeah. Um. What I, what I didn't like about Hawkeye the most was the same thing that I can't talk about. With uh, No Way Home, after we saw it, the fucking green screen is getting bad. Although it's COVID time and they can't go to all these locations, like I heard, the smaller screen um, was a better look for No Way Home. I saw it on a smaller screen. It was better some screen, but but Doctor Strange's house was just as bad. Every screen I've seen his house on is terrible. Oh really? It's eighties green screen. I've only seen it the first time or the one time. Oh, it's so fucking bad. But Kate Bishop's house was not that. That was all green screen. Like, on the first episode, i like, this is all fucking green screen. Where she's young? In the very beginning? Anytime that that house is there, it's green screen, bro. Hmm. It is bad green screen to me. And then, that party, all green screen. Really? Yeah. All of the background. Or, Marvel, Marvel can't focus the camera right anymore. It was, it was bad. Cause well, I think they have to use green screen for a lot of, like, for extras and stuff like that when they were filming. Because you can't get that many people in there. Right. So, hopefully, with... Hopefully, fingers crossed, COVID will start winding down again. But low keys, not low key, low key. Sometimes Marvel has really, really good special effects, then they have really, really bad special effects in the same movie sometimes. 
Because uh, when Bruce Banner was inside of like the Hulkbuster armor in uh, Infinity War, it was bad. Mm-hmm. It was super bad. <laughs> but then, uh, like the fucking Ebony Maul was amazing. Yeah, in the same fucking movie, like they pick and choose. They was put all the buzzing into. They said, "Fuck this shit." It was like he was blurry. He looked like fucking Neo. He looked like fucking Rubber Neo in the second Matrix movie. <laughs> so fucking bad. The movie came out in two thousand one. Go oh, watch that new Matrix. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um. All right. Second TV show. I'm gonna say Yellowstone. With, uh, with uh, Kevin Costner. I mean, Robert Prince of Thieves. Yes. Uh, essentially, a modern day Western. Um. Oh, it's probably like the biggest show fucking in America right now. Out of nowhere, I feel like. No, it had always been pretty big, but then, That's like, it, well, I've it, was, heard of it was about a year and a half gap between season three and season four, so a lot of build up, and I think. COVID brought in a lot of people where they were binge watching shows and shit yeah, like that. That's what I feel like too. Um, but I always knew it was kind of big. I just had never gotten around to watching it because mm-hmm. who the fuck knows what Paramount is? That's what it is on Paramount. Uh, now, has always been on Paramount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they don't put the re- the older seasons on the Paramount app. You have to watch those on Peacock. Wait, so Paramount? There's the Paramount and Plus Peacock app. Are the same mm-hmm. company? No. So, it's actually genius if you think about it. They're like, they said, so, there's a uh, prequel origin story series now called 1883. That's on the Paramount app. You have to watch it on the Paramount app. Okay. They sold the rights to the streaming for the main show to Peacock. So, they got paid because they're like, well, we know people are going to tune into the actual, to watch us live. Mm -hmm. We know we're going to get those ratings. So, fuck it. We'll sell it and get the rights to that. And now they have all these other shows. So they sold the rights to Peacock. Peacock's paying them to be able to run the show, but they know they're getting all these other uh, people to get the Paramount app because they want to watch the other ones. And Paramount is actually channel now on TV, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's smart, I guess. I but think it's through Viacom. I think it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Robin Hood is a cop, right? Or is he just like a... He's a rancher. He owns a ranch in Montana. And Montana. basically every season is about... Now, he's... He was part of the... It's called the Livestock... Uh, um, Conglomerate type thing? Division. Like, he was a cop. Like, there was like a livestock. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called. But then he retired and his son took over. And basically, every season is about how someone else, some other fucking like uh, money hungry fucking conglomerate, is trying to steal his land from him to open up a casino or a small town or an airport and shit like that. But it, it's very good writing, good acting, uh, some of the best characterization of people I've seen in TV shows in a long time. Does Yogi Bear pop? <laughs> he's not trying to steal no pick and nick baskets because back when I first heard that time like it, it, it's a live back in the series don't we <laughs> that's Jellystone oh I would think of Jellystone in my mind I don't know. that's Jellystone National Park you're thinking of <laughs> that's funny I definitely thought I was joking back <laughs> <laughs> alright your next one uh, let's see 
<clears throat> I think we're going to share a second one too. So I'll I'll echo you in this one that you probably haven't heard of. I told you about it before, though, but it's a show called Love Life on HBO Max. It is a, what do you call these type of series? Where every season focuses on a different person, but they're anthology. all... Anthology? Yes, thank you. It is an anthology series about, that follows a person, typically a person who's in our age bracket. Is that the one that Anna Kendrick said? Yep. Season one, and she has appearances in season two. Because it's all, it's all like in the same city. So, all like the, now, I'm all over the place, but I would prefer if they had the same cast. So, say you had a cast of ten people who come who come in and out. Then you have a side character. Then see next season is about that side character. I love life, but mm-hmm. in his first two seasons, the, the the guy who's in season two, he his first appearance is in episode one of season two. I would like the better if they would have took someone from season one and expanded upon them. But um, the first season is about Anna Kendrick. In her love life from 2007 to 2019, and she's in the pilot or in the first episode of season two, isn't she? Passing the story on to the next person. Yep, but and she's in like she has like five cameos in. Oh, does she? Yeah, she she, she, has, she has quite a few. Kim, but she's in and out every every time, and she's also is a producer on the show too. Oh. I started watching it because uh, a comedian from a Michigan named Chris C. P. Powell is in season two, so uh, he was. Uh, Talking about it on like his uh, IG, so it's like, oh, that's cool. This guy, this guy is from Michigan. I feel like in like he's like two years, two years uh, younger than I am. So I was like, okay, if he's in the show, I'll check it out. So I watched the first, the first scene of season two. Like, wait a minute, I feel like I should go back and watch season one just so I can figure out like everything that's going on because two, because episode two starts off in a weird spot in season one. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm gonna go back and watch season one first, and I watched the whole first season in one night, and I cried my eyes out like five times. It's deep. Really, I'll check it out <laughs> because um, it tells you about not only their love life, but what affects their love life. Like say, Anna Kendrick, it's it talking about the, her, her and her mom and how her upbringing with her mom affected her love life in the future, well, in present day. And then uh, every episode is named. Or a person who's in that person's love life, or like their life in general. But like in season one, the first episode is about Augie, and then episode eight is also about Augie. And then you think that she's gonna end up with this dude Augie because they had the best chemistry. Although, and the Kendra has chemistry with anybody. Mm-hmm. She's one of the most charismatic actors, male, male, female of all time. Oh yeah, I agree. And she's probably the perfect person. I think I think that she going to date me. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> But um, and her season's way better. Season two is it way better? And um, it was crazy because uh, do you mind if I kind of ruined it for you? No, like people our age, right? She finds this dude. The first episode, they fall in love. He has to move away. They say that it will, they'll keep in contact, but of course he don't. Then she starts dating these other losers, and then she has all all these one night stands. Dudes keep ghosting her. So then she found a dude named I think Tommy Two Phones. She goes him and said that she's gonna move after she fucks him. And the thing I like about her character, she fucks, bro. Every dude in that show, she fucked the first night. Every single one. And, and I'm all for it. So then she fucks this dude and then she tries to ghost him. But then he shows a better job and then she has to admit that they that, that actually ghost him and she feels bad about it. But then, out of nowhere, she marries this loser dude. Like this dude was like a chef and he's a. And as soon as it. 
He gets fired from his job like he keeps copping meals for everybody. Then his life just goes downhill while her life goes up. Hmm. Then she gets a divorce from this dude. Then he stalks her. Then once that's over, then she finds Augie again at a random party. Then she starts fucking Augie again. Then she finds out after, after thinking about the dude for all these years that Augie is a man child essentially, and they and they won't get along. But then she gets pregnant and she breaks up with him. So then, <laughs> uh, they have a kid and they co-parent and they're cool. But the dude you think that she's gonna be with the whole season, she doesn't even end up with. And then in the last episode, they, they throw this random dude that she marries. Really? Yeah. Again, so she, so she's she's like thirty two by end of and she's been married twice. And she's a, a co-parent. Then, then like in season two, it's dude who was a friend of her first husband. Are they half hour, hour long episodes? Half hour. Well, no, some might be like a little bit longer. Like, all I like about that, they do what the story allows for that episode. Okay. So, his story's done because he's married in the first episode, and he cheats on his wife. Well, he has an emotional affair, and he leaves his wife. He never talks to He never thinks about her again. But then the girl he leaves his wife for had a boyfriend who was an NBA player. And then she plays the dude. She gaslights him. After, like, they almost fucked. Then she said, we didn't almost fuck. What are you talking about? Like, I know we did, Mia. So, <laughs> <laughs> he's a crybaby whiner. But then his season could have had to, like, tackle 2020. His season goes to 2024. So his shit goes in the future. So him and, and his girl get back together after she fucks some other dude during COVID. Because he, he fucking hooks up with his chick right when COVID hits. And, like, she's at his apartment. So she has to stay in his apartment while, while everything's going crazy in the world. And then she leaves, like to uh, like do yoga, and comes back, and she uh fucking touched all this all the silverware, and she's like, you can't touch my you can't touch my fucking silverware, and he breaks over her. But then also in, in the storyline, he uh has a chicky who he just fucks, who's an older woman, who who was who was a fuck Leslie Bibb, who I don't think is that old, mm-hmm. but she plays like an older woman who has teenage I, skin. I think she's older than us, but she's in below forty, yeah, probably yeah, forty three. But I was offended that like she plays like a fifty year old, but she, he, he he fucked her and his other chick. He had his first threesome with her. So uh, and then she gets pregnant, but she's too old to have a baby. And said that she'll she get the abortion. But I thought what was going to happen was she doesn't get the abortion and she'll pop back up. But that doesn't happen. Then his best oh, friend, that was a bit was about ten years older than you. Really? Well, how old you were born? Eighty six. Oh, she's born seventy three. She's a lot older than you. Goddamn. She's about 10. She's 53. She's 50. Oh, no, 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 no. No. I'm 39. So she's about 50? No. Yeah. 49. No. 48. Let's just say 50. Yeah. Close. <laughs> she's damn near 50. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and Miss she, you look 50. <laughs> and uh, so then like his best friend, one of his two best friends, winds up fucking his previous wife. From the first episode, and then he gets mad about the dude fucking. I probably would too. Mm-hmm. But and that guy is a dude who interrogated Spider Man in No Way Home. He's much better in No Way Home. He's the worst character in this show. Like I have to repair all the damage you did to her. <laughs> but anyway, it's a great show. I cried a couple of times. Season one, not season, season one, two. way better season two because I hated his wife. His wife was hot and. His wife was super hot, but she played him so many times. Like she went, cause Blair Blair Underwood plays her dad in 
Elise Neal plays her mom. But she goes to help her mom move. And also, a very good point that I want to bring up. Her mom was still in love with her dad. But she hated him at the same time like a lot of women are with their kids. So she, she calls him because they had a flashback episode. Called him to ask him for money for for uh, her, her light bill. said, bitch, I ain't got it. They said, no what? Don't come to her her birthday party like a lot of women do. So that's why she hates her dad in the present day because what her mom did to her in the, in the past. The, but then in the present day, her mom's fucking her dad again. So there's a lot of shit that goes on. <laughs> I watched the Brandon Kendrick. Yeah. And, and they almost showed some titty. I'm surprised. I'm surprised, like, that there's no titty. But she fucks every episode. Even better. <laughs> every She fucks, bro. All right. I think our third one might be the same. If not. I highly doubt it. If not, then Unless, you got one. Because so I'm going to name you up like shit, but go ahead. So I was going to add two, but I know neither one of them are yours. But I was going to say Ted Lasso. Yeah. Um. But I might change it back and say it was a HBO show, The White Lotus. Never heard of that. Um, it was originally conceived as a mini series, but I think they did get uh, a season two. Um, it's kind of like an anthology s- series as far as like the season one. It's uh, The White Lotus is a resort in like. Mexico. Oh yeah, 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 I heard about that. And it's a bunch of different family storylines going on. Um. And I won't say they're unlikable characters, but isn't the dude isn't Scott Lang's wife husband in that? Um, from Amen, his wife's husband, mm-hmm. the cop. I think we that darker skinned gentleman who's no um. It's got Stifler's mom is in it from American Pie. Okay. Um, Steve Zahn. Zan. Okay. Um, Alexandra Daddario. Is this the one that where she shows her titties? Uh, <laughs> she does show her titties in it briefly, but it was another HBO show she showed her titties in it. To Woody Har- Harrelson? Yeah, that was uh, True, True, True Detective. True Detective. I saw that um, scene, just that scene. She has some good titties. It might be up there in some of the best titties. Yes, especially with her perfect shape. Yes, to her body, and she's so skinny. With it was out to like very skinny women, but those are surprisingly big titties. Mm. Very nice looking titties. (laughs) Anyway, um, grade A New York boobs. (laughs) Chappelle show. (laughs) You have perfect New York boobs. Um. <laughs> anyways, so yeah, so it's a, it's I'm trying to think. It, it's one show, but kind of like different storylines going on throughout it. Gotcha. Um, the hotel manager, uh, who's hilarious in it, but fucking, you just watch his fucking like down spiral. <laughs> um, Alexander Dario and her husband are like newlyweds. Who's her, her husband in that? Um, he was on The Office. Because somebody in that, I'm thinking of, I, I keep going. I, I, um, I don't look it up. Then there is, uh, Stifler's mom, who's trying to, uh, disperse the ashes of her mother. And then there's a family, um, Connie Britton. Okay, yep. Is Steve Zahn's wife. And they're kind of going through some 
trouble with their and their kids are with them too. Kind of hard to explain. I won't say that none of the characters are irredeemable, but mm-hmm. um, Paul is hot. Brittany O'Grady. Yep. Oh, and Molly Shen is in it, huh? Yep, yeah, she had a small part in it. I ain't seen her since uh, sniffing her up, <laughs> sniffing her armpits. <laughs> I'm more or less curious what your number three is, though. Invincible. Told you, told you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot that came out. Aren't they done year. with season two? Animation takes a long time. Animation takes a long, long, and they had pretty good animation too. Mm-hmm. That might be one of the best adaptations of a yeah comic faithfulness. Because I've gotten people into Invincible from watching that, mm-hmm. and I said. Um, Aaron, who was on here before, I gave him because I had like a one dollar issue of issue one of Invincible. Mm-hmm. Like, I did like two or three like reprints of issue one. I said read this, and I was like, then watch the show. I tried to convince him to like start reading the, the storyline or the books commitment. too. <laughs> but yeah, it took me like a fucking summer long, I think, during COVID to mm-hmm. read the entire run, which still stands up as one of the best comic book runs. I think you can read listen back to uh, last year's probably. Some point in time, I know we've talked about it numerous times. I mean, like Garrett and I had had a whole show about him. Mm-hmm. The show or the books, both technically. If you got you convinced me to read the series, and I got yeah. all three compendiums. Mm-hmm. Um, everything they changed actually is better because the, they just changed. Well, I won't say change, but like, they moved a lot of shit up. Yeah, they well, you're gonna have to. If you, mm-hmm. I mean, or you start. You're going to have to skip out on something. It took a lot of shit out. Because, I mean, how many seasons do you think that lasts? Five? Tops? Tops. Five seasons? Yeah, because, I mean, and what's so, what is so... And they know they have to be further along because they fucking already cast the younger brother. I can't remember the name. Did it? Yeah, it's in the fucking IMDb. That was oh. fucking before the first season even premiered. That's rare because with Amazon especially, they'll cancel a show like that. Anyway, not flexible too. Yeah, true. But I think because it's Cowboy like, Bebop. What was it? Six episodes. That was ten. Because no, I don't. It wasn't ten. Was it? I'm confident it was ten. Watch, look at it. And so, why are you doing that? Yeah. Uh, and what one of the things that I like most about it is the fact that it is a it's a adult animated series that isn't a comedy. Most adult animated series are comedies, and it's an hour, and it's an hour. Eight episodes. Oh, oh okay. Damn. <laughs> you went over. <laughs> I take over. Price is right rules. You would have lost. <laughs> yeah, I would have definitely lost my own. And then, um, like I said, it, that's my favorite thing about it. Because how many of those shows do we have that aren't manga? None, probably. Mm-mm. I can't think of any. It was Spawn nice, back in the day. Didn't have ma- oh, Spawn was manga. This is just as manga as Spawn. I would say the art. No, I would Spawn. say I wouldn't say that was anime. Spawn was anime. You look it up, it was anime. Invincible was not. Invincible was damn near Saturday morning cartoon. Smile was a, Smile was a close, a close topic for all the art. I mean, topic for all the art is kind of manga you too. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm just telling you, Swan was considered. I mean, when we worked at Media Play, it was in the manga. I think because back then, they didn't know where to put it. <laughs> because it wasn't anything like it. But Smile went for three seasons, so if, if Invincible could beat three seasons. It's going to be the longest running adult cartoon ever. Not The Simpsons. It's not a comedy. Okay. <laughs> it's not a comedy. But, um, 
The only thing that this show did bad to me, it's like the only flaw. They took his first girlfriend, Amber, made her just annoying as fuck. They made her the most annoying, insufferable chick in the history of cartoons. I knew you were I knew you were a superhero, but you still lied to me. Bitch, I'm saving the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. Technically, it was called Spawn the Animated Series. Yeah, it was an anime, bro. Todd McFarlane Spawn, also known as Spawn the Animated Series, or simply Spawn, is an adult an American adult animated superhero television series that aired on HBO from 97 through 99 and re-ran on Cartoon Network's Toonami pe- pro- programming block in Japan. Okay, in Japan? <laughs> that doesn't mean it's anime, bro. Teach some. <laughs> so, like, you want what I want. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great. Uh, although, it, yeah, like, that's not even worth saying. Yeah, I, I I watched it wickedly, and then um, I had like a lady friend over, and then we watched the whole season in like a day, and it, and, it, and you watch it all together, like it's just as good, if not better. They hold up second viewing. Mm-hmm. It's almost it's almost it's almost uh. Fourth and third, but there's so much other shit I, I gotta watch. So I'm not gonna do it again. But yeah, it's basically a flawless adaptation. All the changes they made, besides robot turning, I felt like that was like a little bit too quick. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, because that took like 45 pictures, I felt like it took a long time until he had turned to human. Oh, I thought he meant turn evil. Did he turn evil in this? I don't think so. No. And him even showing hints of him being evil. Took a while, I feel like. It, it, yeah, that was a while. That was a while. Him, yeah, like, you even find out that he was like a little baby thing. It was, took a long time, too. <laughs> but this shit was like episode six. And, and, and that whole plotline happened in one episode, I feel like. Because the comic book is And yet they dragged out the dad. I thought, I, I thought <laughs> see, episode one, I would have found out the dad was the bad guy. I'm right. like, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. They sped the robot up, like, uh, it was like on. Five times fast forward story. Yeah, basically, the, the first season was the first graphic novel, and then put parts of five other graphic <laughs> novels inside of it. Yeah, like yep. stuff that they don't need. Be like, okay, we don't need a whole season dedicated to this. Right, like, just find somewhere to throw it. But robot happened a little too quick. Yeah, I think. Um, but yeah, um, I, I can wait for season two. Uh, and Amazon is trying to come back. Amazon is coming out of nowhere to win the fucking streaming wars. I, I feel like, yeah, you got the boys, they got some bangers, yeah. That's really all they got. <laughs> I'm trying to I'll still take it. That's, That's all they need. And all uh, like the boys, I missed all year, didn't it? Cause they came on 2019 for that. Uh, uh, 2020, but in 2021, I'll look it up. I'll do that show, but yeah. Uh, also, while you're looking that up, tangent, uh, I'm reading the first Spawn Compendium, which is the first 49 issues of Spawn. Mm-hmm. And what's good about it is I finally figured out how like a little power scale works, because I-, I never fucking knew before. And also, I'm finding out that Tom McFarlane also thought it was Tom King and got paid by the fucking work. Every first page of an issue is a big-ass picture like a splash page. Then on both sides of that picture... Nothing but captions. Nothing but captions. Captions all the way around. I thought you still did. I've been reading the new Spawn books. Yeah, no, it's the same way now. You're right. It's the yeah. same way now. And, and, and then the thing about Spawn is like, I don't miss from comic books too. 
Duff it out real quick because I don't know what's going on in the spine, but I like it. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know who's who. The new like stuff it. or the original stuff? The current stuff. I don't know oh. what the fuck's going on. Yeah, it's not bad. I like Gunslinger Spawn. I, the only Wait, one I don't do read is the regular Spawn book. I read King Spawn. King Spawn looks is like good too. King Spawn just seems like it should be the regular Spawn book. I don't know. It really does. Um, <laughs> the person doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. The Gunslinger Spawn is good. Um, and then you got their the team up book. Probably read this week. Talking about you probably can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's opposite of the Tom King book. He puts two words on the page. He lets the art tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. Should we move on to movies? Yep, we had all right. I'm gonna say probably. I'm gonna say one off the top because we're not gonna probably talk a whole lot about it. But I'm sure it's in your top three. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll have another episode where we're gonna delve more into it. But Spider-Man: The Way Home. Yep, of course. Um. We'll maybe take we'll take five minutes to maybe talk about it, um, but we will have uh, hopefully this week be recording a more in depth conversation. So fuck that because like this taking too long. This could both have our list. We have a whole episode on it. Drunk Iron Man score. Um, I'll say eight out of ten. Okay, uh, I will say ten out of ten. Although it does have some flaws, that I will point out when we do the full episode, but. Uh, no, I'm going to take 9 out of 10. Okay. There are some flaws that I can't take out of it, um, so I won't say they're perfect, but I will say they pulled off feats that I, I didn't I think was going to be. Really, it's a 7 out of 10, but because they put off the shit that I didn't think they would ever pull off, I'm giving it a 10. Because I said for the longest time, I did not want to see this movie. Like, I wanted to see it, but I didn't want mm-hmm. to see it. I want, I thought the idea of a live-action Spider-Verse movie was going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to see it as the closing chapter of Tom Holland's Spider-Man, but... What they did is they did they did a better job of making a team up movie. Still, that was Tom Holland Spider Man than Captain America Civil War. It <laughs> had to be a Captain America movie. You could have walked out of fucking yeah. Captain America Civil War. Not you could have been like, okay, that was Iron Avengers Man 2.5. Iron Man Four, Avengers two point five. I mean, you did not know that that was a Captain America mm-hmm. movie. Civil War should have been a movie on its own, like Marvel Civil War. And I and and tangent again, but that's rubbed out of you. A dreamer's fault because that was not supposed to be um, Civil War. It, it was going to be. Uh, yeah, did you say serpent thing? I think that was always supposed to be that. That was a. I don't think. So. I think that was a. Um, no one, everyone, because everyone at the time. I remember reading about. I remember the day that article because they announced it, and then they're like, "Oh, surprise!" It was at the, the tail end. They changed the title card from the Serpent Society to Civil War because they knew that's what people wanted to see. I don't think that was Robert Downey. I think that was. I think they were building up. Of crossbones and like they had like from Red Skull come back. I, I, I think, and including like the Serpent Society as well. I think all that was going to happen in Captain America three because mm-hmm. his storyline was going like this, and boom, it, it went off on like a tangent. The, the whole third movie was a tangent, and they were building and they had shit, they had shit that that they were building on the whole time. Yeah, that is. But the fact that you introduced Spider Man, Black Panther, and all that stuff in that movie, that should have been just Marvel's Civil War. Mm-hmm. Like, nowadays, that would have been a fucking Disney Plus series. Yep. Agreed. And, um, with, 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 uh, from No Way Home, essentially, from the, from the perspective that I thought if they did have Toby and the other dude in there, it would be a, a glorified cameo. Like, maybe only that final battle there just pop up. But they were supporting characters in the movie. I thought at one point in time, this, this movie was going to be continued into Doctor Strange, too. I'm like, all right, maybe that's where you're going to see the two Spider-Man. And, like, it was going to be in the sick little uh, end credit scene or something yeah. like that. So, for the fact that they pulled that off, 
I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Because uh, what I never thought would happen in cinema happened. And it, that outweighs all of my issues I had with the movie. And I did have some issues. I did just read today, though. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church was never on set. As, as I as I thought, remember that my theory? Yeah. It was obvious to me. He called in all his, uh, or he did it all over. So they said they didn't. They never said why, but they said uh, he was not on set. So, I don't want to put that bad shit in like universe up or anything like that. But yeah, I'm gonna something to do with maybe cat or COVID. Yeah, he might have like some pre-existing issues that like that like he didn't want to risk. Mm-hmm. Come tell you, bro. So. Not talk about this too much because like we do want to get like the other shit done. The scene where he came, he turned back to human is the exact scene from uh, Spider Man Three. It's the exact scene with the mm. same special effects. <laughs> they said, "Fuck it, why put money into the movie now for special effects?" Huh? Yeah, we already got it. <laughs> we, we did it so far. You know, let's spruce it up a little bit. Here's fifty dollars. <laughs> Let's have Ned fall from the sky and and, and look like fucking Roger Rabbit. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, I guess technically, since you said that one, but we both had it. I'll let you go turn. Yeah. Um. Another one. This is gonna be quick because we have a whole episode on it. But Black Widow. Okay. Because uh, of the Marvel movies I've seen this year. It did surprise me the most. Taskmaster reveal over time does get a little lackluster, especially because I've read other books with Taskmaster in it. See how good of a character he is. I wish we had a Taskmaster that's more in line with the comic books. But it's a Black Widow movie that it it was a good family. It was a movie about family, but it wasn't a kitty movie. Family. <laughs> Besides them, but but the dynamic between the two sisters was amazing. Marvel tangent. Marvel does siblings better than any other. Movie studio I can think of. Their sibling of shit is the best. Yeah. Thor and Loki, Shane Chi and his sister, Black Widow and White Widow. They do siblings better than anybody else. This yeah. Shit, uh, me being a sibling, I see all like the fucking sibling shit. All right, but so that's my second one. All right, my second one. I'm trying to figure out my third one right here. Mm-hmm. Um, second one, I'm gonna say Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm, okay. Most fun movie I've had in a the theater. Most fun movie I've seen. I mean, I'm not going to say top movie because Spider-Man was fun as well, but Spider-Man still had emotional depth to it. I cried like three times. Well, I won't say Ghostbusters didn't Mm -hmm. didn't have that, but just Ghostbusters just was pure fun through and through the entire movie. Did uh, Nostalgia. You have to be... I'll say you have to be a Ghostbusters fan to see it. (laughs) No, because there's not a whole lot. uh, Does does a Christian Wake pop up? No. Shannon McCarthy? What the fuck? Melissa <laughs> Shannon McCarthy? <laughs> Chris Farley? A sister? The Thor show up in there? No, none of those ones were in it. Um, But the casting was great. It was it, it definitely took the Goonies slash Stranger Thing approach to it mm-hmm. by putting little kids into it. Mm-hmm. But, fuck this, spoilers. Essentially, you find out that uh, Harold Ramis' character, Spengler, died. Well, he's dead in real life. Right. So they had to write him out of the movie somehow. Mm-hmm. They did a great job at effects-wise. So he's in the beginning of the movie. Uh, but you don't see his face. But you see someone kind of portraying the body. But he ends up mm-hmm. getting killed. 
while he has this family that he abandoned. And <laughs> the little girl does spot on, like, you know, she's like the outcast of the family, but she's like took some wait, wait, wait. So <laughs> So not like the black dude would have been in the family. <laughs> oh, he's a successful one. They gave they gave Ernie up Ernie Hudson has come up and on this one. Um he's the most he's the richest one out of all there of them. Go. I like to see he's, family, been, man. he's been funding everyone now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Damn. Um so anyways, um everyone thinks that he went crazy, uh Harold Ramis's character. So he dies, the daughter inherits this old farmhouse that he was living in. Mm-hmm. So you find out she's dead broke, bad on her luck, takes her kids out there. Um the one kid is from Stranger Things. He's supposed to be kinda like the cool kid. Mm-hmm. Um and then the younger daughter, um, or the sister, is the nerdy um one that's uh, you know, kind of takes after her grandfather. Mm-hmm. Well, they all of a sudden start noticing. I, I thought she was a boy from the poster, but I, I see what you're talking <laughs> about. Now. I definitely thought she was a boy. Um, they definitely take on uh, see ghosts and everything, and then they start discovering like he was an actual Ghostbuster, um, which is oh. weird because you know it almost becomes like a thing like Ghostbusters were like an urban legend. That's why I, I mean, heard in same New York that the problem was um in the movie, yeah, but they find. Video evidence on YouTube and shit of them saving them. But it was obvious in the other movies that they saved them. Yeah. So, anyways, <clears throat> they all think Harold Ramis' character went crazy. He didn't. You find out, like, this, where he moved to was, like, a opening to hell or something like that mm. for all these ghosts and demons. So, he was actually trying to protect everyone. Mm. Um, and that's why he kind of sacrificed himself to do it. But, um, they don't bring the original Ghostbusters back until the very end. But, it's such a good scene, see them all together, and then they CG Harold Ramis as a ghost. Is it Marvel CG or is it good CG? It's good CG. <laughs> I, I mean, they had. I mean, they did a really good job of making him. He never speaks in it, um, but it looks just like him. It sounds like they, because uh, I watched like a video, a video essay on like the Ghostbusters three that Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis wrote back in the day that tried to get made, and that was when the Ghostbusters go to hell. So I, it seems like it took parts of that and put it. Well, they did a Ghostbusters video game back in the day, yeah, like two thousand something. And they said that was technically the they took the story for. I thought I read they took the story what would have been the third one. Yeah, that was in there too. I can't I can't recall it all, but I do remember that it was was something about there's there's like a gateway to hell and like Ghostbusters have to go there and fight demons in hell or something like that. But that does sound now who sunk. Whose son is Paul Rudd? Is this somebody's son? Like he's all big on the poster. He's just a teacher. Love interest. But he's funny in it. I mean, he's Paul. Paul Rudd is a male and a Kendrick. I feel like yeah, they're the most charismatic people. He's old, so, that man sold the soul to the devil years ago. He's not aged. He's getting old now. Last time I saw him, like he's finally aging. Slightly. Yeah. People's sexiest man alive. He's sixty-five. He looks like thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, my next one is one that you probably forgot about. Because granted, I don't watch like a lot of movies anymore. I get anxiety. I feel like say Space Jam. No, that was that was a bad. I thought it was gonna be though. Yeah, it was worse. <laughs> but okay, tangent again because you Space Jam one was terrible. As a kid, we thought it was good, but you seen Space Jam one even in your twenties, it's terrible. 
Yeah, but not as bad as this. I got it. Was, let's take every fucking IP. <laughs> Going back to what we were talking about earlier, like, oh, fuck. We got some characters about to be publicly demand. We need to use them in a movie. <laughs> Boom. Space Jam. That's true. But LeBron, I hate to say this, I, I hate LeBron James. He's a horrible actor. He's better than Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was bad. Michael Jordan was bad. I'll go bad. back and rewatch. Please do. It's almost, Le- LeBron it's better almost like LeBron said, hey, how can you portray me as a shitty father? I like that. I, but that's what I liked about it. He's, his ego he is so big. He didn't believe His ego is so big, but he allowed him to be the asshole parent in the movie. I, I was surprised that he would let him do that. Th- that's like Kevin Hart saying, you know what? I may be the asshole. He's always a fucking likable guy. But I was surprised that it made him, he was a terrible father. His son had talent. His son was building video games. No. No, son. Be a jock like me. What kind of, who does that? I whoop that ass if you don't get out there and play basketball. <laughs> Put the book down. Quit being a, if he could have made fun of his nerd. <laughs> I mean, practically, yes. I mean, if he could have stuffed his son in a locker. <laughs> Who punishes your son for being smart? <laughs> Yo, Ace! You'll be a jock like your father and your brother. Hey, bro, he's... And your father before him. He was like, okay, we're poor cars, so okay. So, A is science, that's what's up. A B in English, I ain't mad at. A D in gym? A D in gym? Boy! <laughs> Look at my belt! <laughs> I'm gonna whoop that ass! A D in gym? What you trying to be so smart for? You think you're going to go to college? <laughs> you, think, you think college pays for this house? Hell no. Being good at sports. It was... Oh, man, it's funny. <laughs> I whooped that ass. You, you are the disappointment. I wish your mother would have swallowed you. I have no son. I have one son. <laughs> he's out there dribbling that basketball. <laughs> he shut up and dribbled. <laughs> if I had a kid who could build video games like eight, that's amazing, bro. <laughs> Not to him. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Anyways. A day in jail. <laughs> Oh, I hate you. Dad, I got 3.5. I don't give a fuck about that 3.5. Oh, shit. But anyway, uh, my my last pick is The Suicide Squad. Really? Yeah. All, all the comic book ones this year, huh? Which is crazy, yeah. I mean, granted, that's really all I watched this year. Because it wasn't going to be Mortal Kombat. Oh. HBO Max and that was their number one movie of the year most watched because of that trailer then the first seven the only good seven minutes they put out I almost was gonna say Zack Snyder's Justice League oh I forgot about that that's a, ooh, don't wanna take Suicide Squad I'll put that in yeah fuck yeah I'm taking out Suicide Squad which was good but I'm gonna put in Zack Snyder's Justice League Zack Zack because all, it, because it was long as fuck but besides Zack Snyder's Magnum Opus Justice League it definitely was his Magnum Opus besides that whole music video of them ladies singing opera uh, uh like it didn't drag the song part they dragged when they say they played they sung that whole damn song I would, the only thing I don't that made me upset the aspect ratio was hard to get into agreed yep 
And the fact that it ended on a cliffhanger, and I'm never going to get closure to it. You might, though, because, again, the right hand is talking to the left, because HBO Max, I, I think, was very happy with this movie. Rumor has it now is Flash movie is supposed to decanonize everything. Which really isn't decanonizing anything. Multiverse. Yeah. So, hard to say. D-she-you all like the uh, comic sketch people are saying. <laughs> D-she-you. Which apparently, like, in our group chat, they're going to have a, a female... We have Supergirl Superman. and Batgirl. Mm-hmm. But Batgirl, I heard, is supposed to be essentially Batman Beyond. But yep. Batgirl. Which I'm not opposed to. As long, I mean, if you got Keaton back, that's the role you always want to see him play. I just hope they don't ruin it because they've said for years now, get Michael Keaton back as the grizzled old Bruce Wayne for a Batman Beyond movie. Mm-hmm. But they're getting... Uh, the weird thing is they're bringing back... Um, J. Jonah Jameson's uh, Commissioner Gordon, uh, fucking... And what? Batgirl. Fucking what's his name? Um, J.K. Michigan's own J.K. Simmons. Yeah. He's back as Commissioner Gordon. Hmm. So, yeah, that's... So, it'll be interesting. I don't think anyone really knows what's going on until after Flash comes out, which is their version of... Okay. Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. Except for they fucking ain't trying to hide nothing. Like, no. They said for me... I mean, it was headlines before we even got before Michael Keaton could sign the fuck his name on. It was like, oh, just let you know, we got Michael Keaton on the. I didn't say I suggested it. We need how much money you want. We need to do this. Oh, Michael, they got Toby coming. <laughs> we need something. Like a Toby. We need a win. We made you. You were Mr. Mom before we came along. I kissed the fucking mom. We can't get Christian Bale back. He's busy filming Thor. <laughs> but we got Keaton, or we got Keaton, and we can get Affleck. I wonder if. He wasn't in Spider-Man No Way Home because he was because of his his contract with DC. I doubt it because like now like they share actors all the time. Yeah, there's no possible way because yeah. he was in that before he had a DC contract. And you know Marvel's got some sort Marvel's got to have some sort of ironclad contract, right? But he's also in Morbius, supposedly too. Yep. But why isn't he? Because I'm interested to see how Morbius unfolds now. I still don't. I still probably won't watch it. But here's the thing, though. Can they not do a Sinister Six or have six bills because of Sony shit? Because you got five. You can have six B. I guess you could say six was fucking Mysterio. Or even Venom because actually in them. Because they did bring him over. Yeah. On, and supposedly there, there was a draft where he was in the final battle at the end of Venom. Venom. I, no, I didn't care enough to read it why they <laughs> took him out. But. But yeah, but Vulture was honest. Well... Marvel has finally fixed their villain problem they had in the first a couple of years, and now like m- most of the villains are good. Besides, the, the worst villain to me was uh, Wenwu, aka the Mandarin, because he wasn't even a fucking villain. Yeah, <laughs> he loves his family. This ain't even a sympathetic. <laughs> it's a, he wasn't even a sympathetic villain. He wasn't a villain I don't think at all. At all, he was a good. I mean, the sister was more of a villain yes, than he. Exactly. Now he was in these streets. I mean, but. People be in these streets like that. I mean, it's, it's, no, I mean, I, I, I'm gonna say it's not a crime, but it's, it, 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 it's a crime, obviously. But he stopped being in them streets when he had a family. He gave it all up for yeah. his family. He was a villain. If, at there was all. A, if there was a crime for loving your family, <laughs> then I guess he's I, fucking guilty as charged. You might as well call him Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> but Shanti's also in honorable mission because it, it, it's it's a it's a TBS Sunday afternoon movie to me. But it was pretty good. Yeah. 
Also, could be because I had zero expectation. I thought it was going to be trash. I'll say my last one was. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, sorry. I'm gonna say Quiet Place Part Two. Mm. It's been a while since I've watched it, but I remember I liked it a lot. Wasn't Jim from uh, Part One dead in Part Two? Uh yeah, they, he's in like the first fifteen minutes, and then he dies. Yeah, they tell the backstory. Well, he died in the first one. Oh, okay, gotcha. But they tell the backstory of like when they all first start seeing the alien monsters. So they aren't as quiet in this one. Yeah, or not. But, I mean, Cillian Murphy's in this one, who does a good job. Does a good job of continuing the story. There definitely needs to be a third one. The um, quiet. Still quiet. Quiet to your place. <laughs> the most quiet place. Alright, so, I, I think that's it then, right? Go ahead. We have three movies. Oh, well, do I have any honorable mention movies? I'll say all the Marvel ones with, were honorable mentions to me. I enjoyed Even Eternals? Eternals might take another viewing. I had some issues with Eternals. I'm interested once you watch it, just so I can we can talk about said issues. How long is it? It's like two and a half hours. And they said that the chick who did it, although Marvel isn't happy with her, she her, her best friend and kind of her mentor, but I guess her peer mentor is the dude who did Doom. So basically, she when you have wa- a very when you watch it, I'll t- this is what I'll tell you. It feels like they said like her. She came in and said, I'll make this movie. Like It seemed like Marvel was desperate to get her to do a movie. Yep, and won. she said, fine, but I don't want Kevin Feige to have... Like I'm going to make my movie. That's essentially what happened. I, it, it, you keep talking about left hand don't know what the right hand is doing. Mm-hmm. It's never more apparent in this one. Because you can tell they he, she made a final draft of it, mm-hmm. handed it in, and fucking uh, Disney was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> No one's gonna. You can you can tell because the, the, you can tell they were like, no one's gonna have a fucking clue this thing's a Marvel movie because <laughs> every scene where they talk about the Avengers or Steve Rogers or Tony Stark is so shoehorned in that you can tell it was filmed. They put those in afterwards because they're like, you need to give some, the common movie going pub, uh, public some sort of idea that they're seeing a Marvel movie. Um, and they, they could have done it in a much better way. By recreating scenes from past Marvel movies, because they weren't allowed to ever interfere with anything that happened, right? And you could have shown them in the background watching certain. I mean, and they've that proven they good. can do it. They've redone the goddamn uh, okay. Avengers, yeah. uh, yep, yep. Uh, fighting the Chitari mm-hmm. in Endgame in Hawkeye. I yeah. mean, so it would have been cool if you would have went back through so, <laughs> so many different, like uh, the Sokovia fight on uh, mm-hmm. Age of Ultron. Um, that would have been a good way to start the movie off, honestly. Like kind of like Watchmen, when the times there are a chance. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, there's definitely a lot of problems with it. Uh, it it's a beautiful movie. Think of it. Think of it as Dennis yeah. Dead, 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 Villanueva mm-hmm. uh, filming a movie. It, it, it looks great. It looks beautiful. Um, very wide, wide scope, uh, mm-hmm. widescreen, uh, and everything. But didn't it say that? that uh, I think she's a terrible actress. I've never seen her in Athena, but uh, she's hot. Not not hot as an attractive, but she's hot in like Hollywood. Uh, didn't it say that Millie Bobby Brown had like a secret part in it? Obviously, like basically looks like she's not in it. I, yeah. I heard that that she had like a, a top secret part in. It. Not that I've seen, but I think that people got her confused like with that with Sprite, Sprite, whatever. Yeah, Sprite. Yeah. Um. Now they also it's the first introduction to Blade in the Marvel universe, and then they didn't even fucking show him. This is a voiceover, which was dumb. 
I'm Blade. Um, and then you're introducing. I, I Get still your money from Tone downstairs. Black Knight is. Back in like the Team Jackets era of Avengers, I, I love Black Knight. When they had Team Jackets, like yeah, he, like he had mullet. Mullets and Team Jackets. Know nothing about the character. He he was fucking searching like back in Kamuzula. Was he? Isn't that backwards on this chair? <laughs> but um, do I have any other? I didn't watch a lot, a lot of movies. Did Boss Battle come out this year? Boss Battle? Yeah, it did, didn't it? Boss Battle? With uh, Crossbones and Mel Gibson. That was a Hulu movie. It basically up on Groundhog's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember. Boss Fight, Boss Up something. Oh, that was good. I've rewatched a Batman in Me. The documentary? Mm-hmm. I haven't. I didn't watch it. That's good, man. Cry. I cried a couple. Now that me, me. They were actually supposed to make an actual movie based off of that too. Sandra Bullock was gonna will be producing it. Uh, never mind, because fuck Sandra. Uh, it's years ago, so mm-hmm. it could definitely change. Uh, but yeah, you definitely gotta watch it, man. Uh, but yeah, D Mac and I were like, maybe, maybe I have watched it. Yeah, because they drive around to fight the Riddler or something like that, and don't. No, Batman and me isn't that the kid who. No, you're talking about I am Batman. So Batman and oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I mean oh, Batman and Bill. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I have That's watched that I mean. one too. Yeah, I definitely cried out. I'm like, how could they do this man died in a powder's grave? But but then they flipped. He did die in a powder's grave. His son, his gay son, died of AIDS. That, that's why I couldn't find. I only say that because that's why I couldn't find any of his heirs. He got his dad actually with his dad's body and he cremated him to put him off on the seat. Who died of AIDS? The suck? Bill Finger's only heir who could get the copyright, or so they thought. It said that he, there's no way that they can get the copyright claim because Bill Finger has no living heirs and his son was gay. So obviously he didn't have any kids. But then plot twist, he had a kid before he came out as gay. So that granddaughter could allow them to put pressure on DC to get their fucking name put on there. So who was gay? Bill Bob Finger's son. I mean, Bill Finger's son was gay and died of AIDS. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they thought that there were no living heirs who were who could claim. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But then they found out plot twist. He had a daughter before he came out as gay. Oh, okay. Apparently, uh, like your wife said, that I have that book if you want to borrow too. The creators of Batman. I I've seen way too many. Well, I've had my I I've I've had enough of that story. Um, but D Mac and I were saying that. The, the uh, testament of a good film if you make a grown man cry watching. <laughs> that's, that's a good movie. He's being like he's crying. But okay, uh, this isn't as long as the other one, but it went pretty long though. Um, Longer than I think we anticipated it. Absolutely. I think we were shooting for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. we, you got some damn good tangents in this episode. <laughs> you got some damn good <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's it for this episode of our 2021 uh, roundup. Uh, from sounds of like might be back later on this week doing um hopefully no way if uh, we can't do it we'll at least get one here so- sometime soon yeah no matter what happens like we'll get you guys like uh, like a no way home and then maybe like a Shang Chi too because I think that I gotta go back and listen to the to Black Widow we did yeah um we did three with your boy here mm-hmm. we did Black Widow Suicide Squad and trailers okay. I think we did Black Widow one. Let me look real quick. But anyways, we'll check that out. If not, you'll get a Black Widow. If not, go back and listen to it. <laughs>
And we are out this bitch. Later.